AEW successful? Why is Tony Khan running his promotion better than Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard are running Monday night and Friday night? Long-term booking. Guys, thank you so very much for joining us right here on Off the Scripts. This is your AEW Dynamite post show for February 23rd, 2022. I'm your host, JD from New York, and I am joined by my very good friend, Shitty Destiny 2 Guardian, and the maker of the worst tacos of all time. Man, oh man, I should be a ring announcer. Jesse, what's going on, bro? Uh, not much, man. I can't say. It's good to be here right now. It's good. To, uh, listen, bro, I know you want to be on Destiny as much as I, <laughs> I do, man. I'm at 1538 light. What are you doing? Then nobody asked you what <laughs> fucking light you're at, man. Oh, where are man. you, man? Where are you? Well, what's going on? Why are you so, why are you so lazy? You're like the Bruce Bridget of Destiny 2, bro. Come on. I started on my Titan and I, I did not like I didn't like how hard the campaign was on a Titan uh, solo. So I went to my Hunter where the Void Hunter is just like cheating in the new meta right now. So yeah, yeah, of course, of course, man. Use the sixth Coyote. You got yourself two dodges, two invisible uh, dodges, and then a smoke bomb. It's easy money. Yep. Yeah, and you can spam. You can spam dodges all day long now, man. I love it. There you go. You know what? You know what? Tony Khan is spamming, bro. Great wrestling. Let me tell you something right now. I'm gonna be like uh, I'm gonna be like LA Knight. Let me talk to you. Um, WrestleMania is coming up in April, bro. And Tony Khan is putting together a card for Revolution on March 6th. That is from top to bottom better than WrestleMania. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. But, but that that makes no sense, bro. WrestleMania is gonna be stupendous. Oh yeah, that's right, man. It's the Super Bowl of pro wrestling, right? Yeah. Oh man. Can't wait it's to see Jake Paul stupid. or Logan Paul. Who are the fuck? Whatever, whatever. Paul's in the ring. Uh, Logan Paul, man. It's going to be great. I can't wait to see uh, Charlotte Flair and Ronda Rousey shit it up in the main yeah. event, right? It's going to be great. Yeah, I, I can't believe they're going around and advertising that WrestleMania is going to be the stupidest event of all time. Uh, well, listen, <laughs> that's exactly what it's going to end up being. But I'm not here yeah, to talk about fucking the worst wrestling show of the year every year. Quote me on that. Uh, Jesse, tonight Dynamite was from... Top to bottom again, an absolutely just fire program tonight. They were firing on all cylinders. It was a promo-heavy dynamite with some great pro wrestling thrown in, with some long-term booking thrown in. Uh, Let's start at the top. Let's talk about this tag team battle royal that we got to open the show the closing segments of it, and we'll get into how it broke down with all of the individual members of each team at the end of that battle royal. But long story short, we got the Undisputed Era, a.k.a. Red Dragon, 
That's Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish. They are going on to Revolution to join the field of three teams to challenge the Jurassic Express and whoever else is going to qualify. The long-term booking, Jesse, that happened at the end of that show, Kyle O'Reilly kind of being the sly little weasel that he is. The Kyle O'Reilly, to be honest with you, that we missed in NXT when Triple H was there. Uh, he, I guess, turned his back on the Bucks per se, and they advanced to the Revolution Triple Threat match. Uh, all the while, while pissing off the Bucks, out comes Adam Cole, out comes Adam Page. We got this whole melee happening. Adam Page cuts a great promo in the middle of the ring. And man, Jesse, the the ins and outs of this entire elite and quote-unquote undisputed era feud that's going on. There's a lot of different avenues that they could take. There's a lot of angles and stories to be told here. And this is what I love about this so much. So when people say, oh, Adam Page's world title run doesn't really mean anything or Adam Cole is buried, bro, all they had to do was be patient. Tonight, what whatever was told was excellent. It was, it was. They, they you know, they, they managed to build a little intrigue or well, a little bit more intrigue into the into the um, Adam Cole Adam Page match, which I think it needed some. You know, I, I think it needed a little bit more something, and and they did give it that. So um, let's see. I think they'll give it a little bit more too. It should be pretty good. Yeah, I'm excited for that match. And you you texted me. It's a possibility that Adam Cole, Kyle O'Reilly, and Bobby Fish could once again all be holding gold for AEW, and that would be. Uh, a great sight to see because you and I were huge fans of what the Undisputed Era did in NXT, and they led that show, they led that brand for a couple of years, and it's happening all over again, potentially. And Adam Cole's going to be the uh, main guy there before all is said and done. So uh, if people were just a little bit patient instead of jumping the gun on him being buried, now you're getting the Adam Cole that you want, and now what's next? Yeah, that might be that might be a, a, a sight. That might be a sight for the for the Wednesday after Revolution. Yeah, we get Red Dragon coming out as champions, Adam Cole coming out as champions, with Britt Baker as champion, all holding gold in the ring at one time. Yeah, that's gonna be uh, it's gonna be a possibility for sure. So we'll see what happens after Revolution. But I'm very much looking forward to Adam Cole and Adam Page for that AEW World Title. We'll talk about the Battle Royal in just a little bit. I would have changed one thing in that Battle Royal, but it's not really a, a major thing. Like I said, we'll get into it when we break down the show. Jesse, the other thing that happened tonight, and I I love the fact, I, I got to throw this out there before I get into the next thing I want to talk about. I love the fact that Tony Khan did not hype up a, a debut or the, a big surprise or he didn't sell the show based on uh, who he's bringing in next. He just let it organically happen. Now, everybody was talking about Buddy Matthews coming out of last week's show, and he was the silhouette in the vignette that Malachi Black and Brody King cut on Dynamite last week. But I love the fact that Tony Khan didn't come out come out here and say, oh, we're signing one of the best wrestlers on the planet and, and all this other nonsense to get everybody intrigued to watch the show after the rating fell off a cliff last week. But it happens. Buddy Matthews debuts with AEW Jesse. I'm a big fan of his, always have been a big fan of his, well before he even made... 205 Live, I was a big fan of Buddy Matthews. I was fortunate enough to call a match with him and Malachi Black with Solomon Monster and House of Glory. He looks absolutely ripped. 
He looks fantastic. I think this role in the House of Black is going to fit him perfectly. Jesse, when those trio championships come around, we may be looking at the first ever AEW trio champions in AEW history. This group is, it, just by looking at them, looks perfect. Yeah, yeah, they they look they look so much like a like a um like a perfect trio that now I'm having second thoughts about giving them the trios titles right away because after that, who's gonna beat them? Who's gonna beat them? I don't know. I'm not thinking that far ahead. I have no idea. So I mean, maybe they should spread the love around before they get it because once those guys get those trios titles, man, I wouldn't give them to anybody else for a long time. Yeah, I know it's gonna be tough. Uh, I'm not thinking that far ahead, but just as a visual. Uh, with all three of them standing in the middle of the ring at the end of that segment, they looked absolutely perfect together. Buddy Matthews is such an underutilized, undervalued talent. I know a lot of the e-drones out there are going to be like, oh, well, another vanilla midget. Yeah, meanwhile, this guy could probably snap all of them uh, like a twig whenever he wants. But this guy has been one of the best for a long time, not only in the United States, probably in the world uh, I don't know how Tony Khan's going to utilize with Buddy Matthews, and we'll get into the rumor in just a little bit. It's not really a rumor right now. I believe it's more than confirmed that Shane Strickland, Swerve, is going to be on his way to AEW. A lot of talent, Jesse, is coming into AEW. The one thing that I always struggle to, to uh, think about and really wrap my head around is all the talent that Tony Khan possesses. I mean, is, is it getting too much? I mean, Buddy Matthews is great. Swerve is great. These are guys that are no-brainers for a roster, but when, when is enough enough? Too much for what? Too much, too much talent on the too roster. Much fun, too much fun to be had? Too, too much, much what? I, it's, 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 it's something to think about, bro. I mean, I mean not everybody's going to get TV much. time. You know, they only got two hours, three hours of television every week. Look, as a fan, that's not my problem. I know I mean, it's not our problem, but as 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 a fan, all I see is that they have plenty of talent to fill the live two hours that they have. Yes. So I mean, is it a problem in the locker room for the rest of their guys? Yeah, probably. You know, but as a fan of the product, I mean, that just tells me my my you know my cup will be filled as it pertains to being entertained. And and not only that, it tells me AEW will expand because rather than start letting people go left and right they can expand and put on more television. So I don't see a problem with, I see the bloated locker room. I see what everybody's saying. Yes, I don't that's, see that's the part, it. that's the part I'm kind of insinuating and not the part that you're insinuating. And I mean, you make a great point. I mean, I mean, yes, the fun is there for us and Jesse's clearly drinking. I'm, I'm not, I'm drinking a seltzer. Jesse's drinking some hard liqueur there. Uh, he takes the, what are you drinking shit seriously here on Wednesday night, folks? Uh, yes, I agree with you, Jesse. Um, the the fact of the matter is every Wednesday you're going to get a different show, and that's what I love about it. Not on a yeah. Friday where we're going to get the same fucking Ricochet-Sheamus match eight weeks in a row. So I, I agree yeah, with you 100%. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Think, think about the problem like within itself, you know, because if, um, if they didn't have enough talent, then there would be nowhere for the company to grow because then when people want to say stuff like, oh, well, Rampage should be two hours. You know, guys like me and you would come back in and say, but what roster? They don't have enough people to fill another fucking live show. Yeah. Well, they do now. We need more fucking hours on TV now. Yeah. I mean, that's a, like you said, it's a great thing to have. When when someone goes down yeah. with injury, it's a great thing to have because Tony Khan yep. is not going to be scrambling to find another top guy when he's got 15 other top guys. So, I mean, it, it's, it's a great problem to have. But uh, no matter what the uh, excuses are or the complaints are, Buddy Matthews is one of the best in-ring talents on the face of the planet, 
and he's in AEW, and that makes me happy because I think he's great, and I'm genuinely happy for him after uh, life after WWE. So that's a great thing to see. Eddie Kingston and Chris Jericho was the other th- the the other big thing tonight, Jesse. The promo battle back and forth. Some people said it went too long. I laugh at them. Some people think Eddie Kingston's a jobber, like Chris Jericho said. I laugh at them. This is perfect AEW television. They were building to this for months now, and we're getting it. And the promo that set it off, they sold me on a match at Revolution. Eddie Kingston and Chris Jericho, Jesse, what do you think? And what do you think of the promo battle between these two? Because I thought it was, and it struck on a lot of nerves, and there was a lot of mention of Stanford being that AEW was in Bridgeport, Connecticut tonight. But I loved every bit of it. It sold the match. There was a ton of truth in there, and nobody does it better than Jericho and Eddie Kingston. Yeah, this this feud has um, one objective and one objective only, clearly, is to uh, get Eddie Kingston over. Um, I don't expect anything less than an Eddie Kingston win, and um, I do like the the dynamic going back and forth with these guys, and more importantly, I, I like I like the way I like how Chris Jericho is taking this seriously. I mean, he's you can tell he's turned he's turned his look around. Mm-hmm. He, um, you know, he was quick to get online and, and and rebut and and argue with everybody who's saying he was out of shape. But then he got his ass in the gym. I think yep. Chris Jericho is fucking fantastic. Um, he is in this for. I mean, I I, I, I don't know. Maybe when the rumors started coming out about. Um, pay and everything else, and then it started coming to light how he was the highest paid. Maybe he wanted to make sure he goes out there and fucking earn it. I don't know, but Chris Jericho seems to be at the top of his game as of late, so I think it'll be a pretty good match. Yeah, I'm expecting it to be uh, one of Jericho's better matches, and I'm excited about it just based off the verbal back and forth that they had. And like I said, we'll go over everything that they said because there was a lot of visceral content in what Eddie Kingston and Chris Jericho uh, brought to the table Tonight, and we got your AEW news and rumors, ladies and gentlemen, and we are going to go over all of that. We're going to do the news and rumors first, and then we're going to get into the Dynamite Breakdown, and I appreciate you guys joining us on your Wednesday nights, wherever you may be. We just hit 2,000 in the venue. Thank you guys very much for all your support. If you do enjoy the stream, please hit that thumbs up. We got 570 likes on the live stream. Let's try for a thousand minimum here on Off The Script. Make sure you guys get your super chats in. We will read them all at the end of the show. So have some fun, grab a beverage, and enjoy the show. Also, go check out all the other videos that you might have missed on the channel. Right now, there's not much, but I got two podcasts coming tomorrow and Friday. My attention's been on Destiny 2, The Witch Queen, so I took... uh, A nice little hiatus from wrestling for the last 36 hours. But I'll be back at it tomorrow. If you missed the Monday Night Raw post show, go and check it out. If you missed anything that happened the week prior, it's all on the homepage. Go and check it out. Elimination Chamber's there and all that stuff. Go check it out. It's on the homepage if you missed any of the content on the channel. Follow me on social media, at JD from NY206. You can follow Jesse as well if you guys are watching on YouTube. You see he's at on the bottom of the layout there. So go follow us on social media. That is Twitter and Instagram at JD from NY206. Hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for all notifications. Jesse, why don't you plug your channel? What's going on over there in the uh, the Jesse realm with the AEW dark stuff? Man, we are all over the 
AEW Dark Elevations and AEW Dark Live Watch Along. This week was not that great of a week. For some reason, they decided to put on multi-man match after multi-man match, man. It was 10-man tag after 10-man tag, and it was kind of hard to get a gist of who was supposed to get over. So we had fun making fun of that shit. So go all the way into my channel at Chi-Town Smart on YouTube um, and give us a follow. We do live watch-alongs every Monday and Tuesday. And you have taco ratings. Oh, my God, man. The taco rating is, is more over than me, man. People want to know, man, how many tacos does a talent get? That's what we do, man. We rate the talent. There's no point in going out there and rating everybody that we see every week. So we want to see who's worthy of sitting Tony Khan our taco approval rating. Well, there you go. Uh, yeah, taco ratings. Everybody gets a taco rating, ladies and gentlemen. Yes. With sour cream, by the way. Uh, no, 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 no. Don't disrespect my tacos. And also, guys, today's uh, show is sponsored by Audible, audibletrial.com slash script. You guys get 30 days free of their service and one free audio book of your choice. That is audibletrial.com slash script. Over 200,000 choices to choose from, and a lot of that is actually wrestling-related as well. Also, before we get into the news and rumors, This is the layout I want. There you go. We got Salrex. If you guys need graphics, Salrex has worked on some of Jesse's stuff as well. So make sure you guys go over and check out Salrex. The only Salrex on Instagram and the Salrex on Twitter. If you guys need any graphic services done, logo design, YouTube revamps, album covers, mixtape covers, t-shirt designs, etc. Salrex has got you covered. So hit them up if you need some professionally done work. On any project that you're working on, one of my good buddies, a little brother to me is Sal Rex. He's done so much work for the channel. So hit him up if you guys need anything done for your content. Jesse, let's get into the big story today. Isaiah Swerve Scott, that is Shane Strickland, has signed supposedly with AEW. And I seen this earlier today while I was finishing the campaign for Witch Queen. I'm like, oh, my goodness. Maybe I should have did something on the channel today. But there's not really much of news in regards to this. It's just something that I guess everybody was kind of waiting on. And now it was officially confirmed by Fightful and Sean Ross Sapp. So news about Strickland heading into AEW was reported by Meltzer and then again today by Sean Ross Sapp. And everybody had a good feeling that he was going to end up in AEW. Fightful added today that many in AEW have been operating as if Strickland was coming in already. And the deal would take effect in the first week of March. People in AEW reportedly inquired about him very early after he was let go by WWE, which I think everybody is pretty still uh, at this point stunned by. I, I am still just kind of confused by letting someone like that go. But uh, that's the thing that Bruce Pritchard and Vince McMahon don't understand, and that is talent. There's also talk within AEW that Strickland can become a crossover star, and there has been talk about talent doing work on Warner Media shows. Since his release from WWE, Strickland has been booked for dates in GCW and numerous high-level independent companies, including New Japan Pro Wrestling, but he's not under contract with them. There was also interest in Ring of Honor as well for their reboot, but clearly that is not happening now. Uh, WWE made the call to change 
NXT Black and Gold, as you guys know, to NXT 2.0, killing the show. They called up Hit Row, which was led by Isaiah Swerve Scott then, and he was the reigning NXT North American champion before that. Within two months of them getting called up, they were all released from the company. So I do have some quotes here from Swerve, but let's get into uh, the thoughts and opinions here first, Jesse. This is a great get for AEW. Uh, We always were very high on Swerve, no matter uh, what they did not like coming from the wrestling community. It was not about shitting on Hit Row. It was about how some people in the group kind of handled the situation. And then the situation that was handled, I spoke about it, and it all became a reality for all four of them. But Swerve was one of the guys that you and I both were very high on, uh, and he had the, uh, the the highest ceiling there, and, and he was let go. He's going he's gonna to do incredible in AEW if they just let him be who he is. And, you know, I know a lot of people know him from the indies. I honestly think he finally found himself in that hit row faction under Triple H. And I do think that he's going to take some of that into AEW and he's going to be himself. He's going to be a better version of whatever else he was in, in his previous uh, in his previous companies. AEW is going to get the best version of Swerve. They are. They are. And um, I don't know why they let him go, man. I think it was just pure laziness. I mean, just for the simple fact of, okay, they didn't want the rest of the group. I mean, Switch is own, I guess, but to let Swerve go with them just because you didn't feel like repackaging them or just starting them scratch with them with a solo run, just let them go just because that, I don't know, that's just pure laziness to me. But, you know, their loss is our game. Um, he's going to be fantastic in the division. I could see him right away feuding with uh, Sammy Guevara. Yeah, I mean, I could see him feuding with, I mean, uh, I mean, the dream matches, it, and it's become a regular thing to think about. The, the, the dream matches that could be had with le- legitimately anybody. Sammy, Darby, Jungle Boy, Andrade, uh, Malachi, Brian. A- anybody you throw in there with him, it's going to be an absolute banger. I-, I always thought he had that type of potential. You know, WWE wants to call Ricochet a a superhero. I always looked at Swerve as somebody when Ricochet left NXT. He was such a, an easy shoe-in replacement for Ricochet when Ricochet got called up to the main roster for NXT. He did everything that Ricochet did and just as good. And like you said, it was sheer laziness. He he had, like I said, a, a, a high ceiling in WWE, Nakamura, and, and, you know, I see title feuding with Styles or Kevin Owens or Seth Rollins. I mean, the potential was just there. And Hit Row was actually a very good faction. They had the potential to be something different, something new, something fresh. And, and that's exactly what that company needed. And I don't know if they're going to be back together at any point doing that shtick again, but AEW is getting the best version of Swerve, and he's going to be a big deal here. And plus, you know, he looks it, he feels it, he comes off as it. If he wants to do movies and TNT specials or whatever for Warner Media, that's a great get as well because not not everybody wants to be confined to be a pro wrestler. If there's more doors opening and you can handle it, He's a rapper, Jesse. I mean, he's very good at what he does. So if that opens more doors for him, I mean, that's a blessing. That's great for him. Now, listen to some of his music, and he is a damn good rap artist, dude. He is. It's not my t- it's not my <laughs> cup of tea, but the guy's got fucking talent, I'll tell you. Yeah, yeah. I took a minute to actually listen to some of his stuff, and yeah, it's it's pretty damn good, guys. 
Oh, we got a bomb in the chat, though. Yes, we got a hundred from James and no message. Well, no message. I mean, <laughs> thank you, James. <laughs> I appreciate you, bro. What are you drinking tonight? Anyway, we got Swerve. We got Swerve coming to a to AEW. That's uh, that's the big story. Uh, did, you hear that they, uh, did you hear? Did you hear? They're reuniting it on the Indies. They are. Yes, I did read that. They are reuniting on the Indies, but um, I don't know where. I don't know how well it's going to be received. But uh, I always said that he was the figurehead of that group, and if anybody was going to go on to do anything after life after WWE, it would be him. So uh, we'll see what happens and what comes out of that. Maybe maybe Tony Khan brings them in for a couple of one-offs. I, I don't know. I don't really want to see it. It's a dead act now that it's been released from WWE. Keep it on the indies. Swerve knows that the money is in him doing solo. And I think everybody kind of knows that as well. Something else I saw on Twitter. I don't know. Maybe you didn't see it because they all fucking blocked you. But I saw Top Dollar on stage with fucking KRS-One. Uh, yeah, I, I I did not see that. I don't know if you know who KRS-One is, but if KRS-One wants to come out and publicly say that Top Dollar can rap, it's it's kind of hard to it's kind of hard to argue with the guy, man. He's literally one of the founding pillars of fucking hip hop. So I don't know what to fucking say about it, but. I'm not going to argue with KRS-One. I will just stick to with, I just don't like him myself. I don't like Bottom Dollar. But I was I was fucking floored to see him in a picture with fucking KRS-One, bro. Like, my mouth was still dropped to this moment, but... Well, that's the, that, that's, that's the thing with everybody. I mean, uh, y- y- you read what you read on social media. You read what you read in the dirt sheets and all the fucking bullshit that he tried to deflect when he was released from the company. I'm not saying he's not a talented guy. But I do think that his mouth got all four of them in trouble, and it's not very difficult to see. If he if he just remained humble and didn't get ahead of himself, he may still be there. We don't know. Yeah. We'll never know. But uh, if you say KRS-One is the founding father of hip-hop and Top Dollar's on stage with him rapping, and, yeah. you know, uh, it's a two-way street there, who am I to say that he's not talented? I mean, obviously, people do think he's talented, but he's, he's a shit human being, and he's a shit wrestler. So, That's just- so it, it is what it is. But, you know, I don't know what happens to those guys. I don't know what happens to B-Fab. Swerve is in AEW. I'm excited about it. When he debuts, I have no idea, but the dream matches are there. He's going to be a big deal, and it's going to be a great platform for him uh, in the next couple of years. Uh, we also got this quote, which I thought was, you know, very telling as well from Swerve. Uh, this was from WrestleGeeks, and he reflected in an interview the backstage reaction to the change, claiming that it was drastic in NXT. He says this, and I quote, I always love reading shit like this because it always, it always makes me smile knowing that whatever Jesse and I spoke about, this was even before Triple H was fucking removed, was going to happen, and it happened. He says this, and I quote, We started seeing the higher-ups come down more and more. We were seeing the guys in suits more and more. The coaches started wearing suits instead of track jackets. They were asking for certain things of us this week, and then they were totally against that they were totally against the week before and the month before. It was a drastic change. Then you're seeing the focus shifting to different types of talent. The benefit was a lot of the guys 
that were just being stored down there as far as the big athletes that were coming in from not pro wrestling, the pro wrestling world, that wasn't their foundation. Those guys were getting on TV and getting opportunities, but also kind of a negative because you were seeing them learn on TV, and I don't think a fan base wants to see guys learn on television. I think they want to see stars on television. They're going to be stars. I feel like there's a lot of potential stars in the Performance Center, but I don't think there's much intrigue watching them grow up to be stars, end quote. I could take that as a 50-50 reaction, Jesse. I mean, when we watched NXT 1.0 and we saw a lot of the talent grow there on TV, some of them were semi-experienced. They were not uh, pulled from the Performance Center after four weeks and thrown on TV. But I could see where he's coming from, but I also like that aspect of the old NXT. The new NXT's not doing that. They're doing it very rush-rush because they need, they, they're in a desperate attempt to create new stars. Triple H had a lot more time. He was cultivating the talent, pulling talent from the indies, learning the WWE way. And then they were put on television. All they needed to do was really learn the WWE, the, the WWE way and then learn television. And I, I like them growing up on television. I like watching from week one to week 12 how they've kind of matured on TV. What do you think of that? Well, yeah, of course. That's that's why I watch Dark every week, man. It it is it is my it is Dark is my new NXT 1.0. I mean, in, in every in every way fathomable, you know, it's not on national television. The stuff that happens there is inconsequential, whether it be good or in their case bad. You know, if it's that bad, they don't have to air it at all. And if it is that bad, they can just air it and show everybody what we need to work on. And you have lower expectations. When you watch dark, you know, when you go, when you watch, when you're watching WrestleMania, you don't expect the same level of a show as when you're watching just some indie show or a house show or something like that. So your expectations change. I'm watching WrestleMania. I expect something huge. I'm watching dark. I just want to see some fucking wrestling. I just want to see how everybody can wrestle and if they can wrestle. And that's what we get. We get the simple bare bones of wrestling on dark. And I think that's where it's underappreciated. Yeah, no, I I think Dark, um, during the pandemic, especially Dark, was the most important show in all of pro wrestling. Uh, that's uh, that's something I still uh, I still say. But Triple H was never putting brand new talent on two hours of television. He was never giving no. all these opportunities to brand new stars that didn't have a name for themselves or didn't have any value for themselves. Didn't know what the fuck they were doing. He always he always picked and chose when and where. And always gave them a reason to be on TV and always introduced them right. Swerve with this NXT, I feel like he's kind of in the same boat with the way we think. WWE gives you two hours of NXT 2.0 and everybody, that first episode especially, when we watched with our jaws to the fucking floor, that whole show was, you know, obviously you got your NXT guys, your NXT originals, and then you got a whole show of everybody that you never even fucking seen before. So it's like, yeah, I get it. I don't want to see that. But I do want to see them, you know, pick and choose who gets to TV and then mature on TV. I think that's a great thing to see because their story is being told and I want to be a part of their story. Yeah, it was it was normal. We would we would hear stories about, you know, such and such sign with NXT and is working at the PC. And then we don't hear shit about them for months. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, boom, they're on NXT television, you know, and, and that's that's. The best way to do it, you know, Hunter, 
had the best job in the world. If he's in if he's in Stanford, he sits in his fucking office and he sits and watches his monitor. And he can sit and watch all of the fucking talent working at the PC while he's in fucking Stanford listening to Vince bitch about shit. You know, and he can sit there and he can decide who was who, what is what, you know, go down to the PC, see him work live, and boom, we see him on NXT television. You know, for example, The Rock's daughter, Simone, has been signed with WWE for what? Two years now at this point? Haven't heard a fucking word about her. Not a peep about it. And and that's that's a beautiful thing. I mean, gosh, she's not buried. She's not getting lost. She's developing. And she's going to pop up on NXT television one day as The Rock's daughter, and she'll be the women's champion and then a week later. Yes, please uh, please continue to book future WWE television. That will be nauseating. Yes. <laughs> How many matches are we going to get with Rock's daughter and fucking Charlotte Flair? Oh, my Charlotte God. Charlotte Flair. Jesus she'll be at fucking, next year's WrestleMania. Jesus <laughs> fucking Christ. I can't wait, man. What a, what a fucking sight to behold, huh? Listen, uh, Swerve is going to be great, and I'm very happy that he's being brought in by Tony Khan and AEW. I got uh, Cody Rhodes news, Jesse. I got more Cody Rhodes news. I don't know if this is going to change your stance on anything, but Pat McAfee says AEW was terrible, and Cody Rhodes is coming into WWE. He's WWE bound. So he had a Pat McAfee show this week. And there was a reference about Cody Rhodes on the show. McAfee says, I guess Cody Rhodes is coming to WWE. Who cares? Him and his little friend started something. It was terrible. We actually went head-to-head with them on Wednesdays. We beat them a couple of different times. Maybe like four or five, but I mean, who's counting? Who cares? The hell with Cody Rhodes. And then he later clarified that he was joking about Cody. And he actually is pumped that he's coming to WWE. He says, if he's coming to SmackDown, I'm excited about it. McAfee then joked that WWE should put him back in the Stardust gimmick. So we got a lot of teases on Monday Night Raw about Cody, one from The Miz, one from Edge in regards to WrestleMania. Miz wasn't talking about Cody, but Edge could be talking about Cody. We don't know yet. But what do you think of that, Jesse? And then also... Cody is teasing retirement or was teasing retirement on social media with all the WWE rumors. So he says he's enjoying retirement at home and he posted a story on his Instagram with his baby and his dog and he's enjoying life after retirement. You know, I've made some pretty bold calls, some pretty bold predictions on this show. But I think the fact that this is all the work is going to literally be my coup de grace, man. It may be. This is a big fucking work right here, man. This is a big fucking work. And he told us ahead of time he was going to be taking us on a ride that we've never seen before. And so far, he's delivering. There's no I in team, but there is one in Indeed. And that's the hiring platform that you need to build yours. When you're hiring, you need Indeed. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because Indeed does the hard work for you. They show you the candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your description immediately after you post so you can hire faster. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great 
talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at indeed.com slash blue wire sports offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at indeed.com slash blue wire sports. That's indeed.com slash blue wire sports and support the show by saying that you heard it on this podcast. Indeed.com slash blue wire sports terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So far, he's delivering. So let's see where it goes. I don't know where this road is going, like all of you, but I do know this is a fucking work, man, and I'm not buying it. So you don't think that Cody Rhodes is showing up to wrestle Edge at WrestleMania? I don't believe so. He could. He could. I mean, he could show up in WWE, and I, I'm, I still think this is all part of a work. If he shows up in WWE, maybe a one-off, if that. Now he's, now he's teasing retirement and then all this other shit. Then he's teasing the, the elimination chamber. Now Edge is teasing him at WrestleMania. Dude, this is all a big fucking work, man. I don't know where it's all going or what exactly the, the content of this work is, but Cody Rhodes will be back in AEW this year. He very well could, and, you know, who's to say that he doesn't end up there and uh, all this was uh, part of something that's going on there, like Jesse said. Uh, he's not signed with anybody. It's all hearsay. It's all rumor. It's all uh, innuendo. WWE using this to uh, generate buzz. They drew a 1.8-something rating on Monday night, so people clearly were uh, intrigued about possibly Cody Rhodes showing up. I would not even debut Cody Rhodes in WWE on Raw or SmackDown leading into WrestleMania. If he does show up and he signed, sealed, and delivered, I'd wait for the Monday Night Raw after WrestleMania, but that's just my honest opinion. Uh, if he shows up on the road to WrestleMania, a match with Edge is perfect because they desperately need some reason to watch this fucking show in April. And uh, if you're giving me Cody versus Edge, the promos leading up to that match will sell me uh, just in itself. But the thing with Cody is, Jesse says it's a work. I'm still 50-50. I don't really know what to think about it. And it's always going to be a case of what if with Cody. Like, all he needed to do was just go heel and be a company guy for Tony Khan. He didn't want that. And now we're getting this uh, this ride of our lifetime, whatever the fuck that means. But we'll see. But he, he's, well, st- he's still in the news. Everybody's talking about him. And, 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 that, and this is why he's winning. Because if he just, you know, went with the status quo and just turned heel and did, you know, all this other shit, he'd be like everybody else, you know, on the show. But... As it stands right now, Cody is the biggest top, the biggest topic of the entire wrestling world. So whatever he's doing, he's winning. I mean, because any other way, we would not be talking about Cody this much at all. But as it stands, everyone from every promotion is all talking about Cody. Cody, 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 Cody. So his value just goes up and up and up and up. So he's doing something right. He always does something right. Yep. He knows what he's doing, so we'll see what happens. His name is in the news. Pat McAfee talked about him. Uh, Miz and Edge talked about him. All the innuendos. WWE clearly having fun with this. Uh, no mention of any Cody Rhodes on AEW since he's been gone. He's been taken out of the, the video package at the beginning of the show. Uh, Chris Jericho even referenced him as uh, something. That other guy today, he didn't even mention Cody Rhodes. Uh, talking about Eddie Kingston's debut with AEW. Yeah, that other guy that you debuted against. You know, so so clearly, clearly everybody is uh, 
you know, playing their role in this, whether it's a uh, him leaving AEW or joining WWE, everybody's playing their role. But it's going to be a great thing to see, and it makes at least some part of the entire season somewhat intriguing and unexpected. But Jesse, let's get into the show. Uh, we got we got Issa starting shit in the chat, man. Get get her out of here. What, what is she doing? If you don't want to see Styles versus Edge, we can't be friends. Get 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 her out of here. Yes, AJ Styles just signed a new WWE big money deal as well. Uh, he he should be sending a thank you card to Tony Khan in the mail. Big money AJ man. Yep. Shout out shout out to AJ. No, all the all the AW people are upset that AJ Styles thing go to the the indie promotion. I'm happy for AJ Styles. I want AJ Styles to be in a top tier program on Monday yeah. night. The fuck are you talking about? Good for him, man. Good for him. A- AJ Styles is worth every penny that WWE is, is now paying him. Yes. But but without AEW, WWE wouldn't realize that he's worth that much money. Yes. Absolutely you know? correct. Yeah, so I don't want to be like, you know, he's only getting it because, you know, AEW. No, he's getting it because he deserves it and he earned it, but WWE does not even know how good he is without AEW being here. Of course they don't know how fucking good he is. Look at what he's been doing for the last year. He's been teaming with fucking Kali 2.0. You know? He should be in a WWE championship program. Of course he's worth all the fucking money they're giving him. He's the one of the best wrestlers on the planet. How long did how long did they saddle AJ with trying to get this guy over? Say again? How long did they saddle AJ with trying to get Omas over? Oh, I don't know. I mean, I don't think I, mean, I don't think G- Jesus Christ could come down from the fucking heavens and and deem him the best wrestler in the fucking world. He still won't get over. Yeah, I don't know how long they were tagging, but that was a waste. That was a complete waste of resources leaving him leaving AJ Styles to try to get this guy over. Omas. And, and where is Omar? Is, is Omar over, or are they pushing him, or was he? I, I mean, what's going on? I don't know. I don't. I don't he's probably somewhere, at some fucking random nightclub, uh, being Shane McMahon's doorman again. I don't fucking know. Who cares? Waste, dude. What a what a fucking waste, Omas. Anyway, I'm not here to talk about Omas. Let's talk about this battle royal. We got this AEW Dynamite battle royal. Now, the whole story with this is you have. Three teams at Revolution. One is Jurassic Express. The next two teams will be determined via a battle royal and then a casino battle royale next week. So today we're getting the regular battle, the regular tag team battle royal. You know the you know the tag team battle royals that WWE do, and when one guy's eliminated, both guys are eliminated. You know that's yeah. their ruling in the tag team battle royal. AEW doesn't do that. Apparently, uh, <laughs> they hate tag team wrestling so much over there they can't fucking come up with logical rules for a battle royal. But Jesse, this was, I hate battle royals. I say this every time, whether I'm doing a Raw or SmackDown, battle royal or whatever the case may be. I fucking hate battle royals. I think they're lame. Uh, I always uh, loved, like, the Royal Rumble, the countdowns, time in between, everybody in the ring. It's just cheesy. But this one, I will say, this was probably the best tag team battle royal, and AEW's had a couple of them already. Probably the best tag team battle royal that the company's done. There was a lot of sense of urgency in this one. I felt watching this that everybody could easily win it. Anybody could win it. Uh, I felt like everybody in there when we got down to the, to the to the nitty-gritty that everybody really wanted to win it. There, there was a lot of good stuff in this thing for Battle Royal. It was. It was. They 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 they, they told a, a few different stories in the match, you know, and um, I like how the teams came down to 
one participating member from each team and everything else. And even the interference, you know, you didn't see it coming. I'm kind of upset we didn't see Dan Housen come from under the ring, though. I got to admit, you know, when I saw Orange pop up, I was hoping it was Dan Housen, but it wasn't. So there's my complaint. No fucking Dan Housen tonight. Yeah, you got to give Tony Khan credit, though, for not using him in that spot every every week. It's going to get old. So he's he's kind of picking his spots with him. I understand that. Yeah, yeah, you got to find something different for him. I get that part. But, know, um, but this, like you said, it came down to uh, one man individually for each of their teams towards the end. Uh, I want to talk about Matt Hardy. Again, Matt Hardy walked out on private party uh, in response to them getting eliminated in this battle royal. Before, uh, before long, it's going to be Matt just leaving the Hardy family office, and they crumble to the ground. I can't wait for that day to happen. And then in comes Jeff Hardy. And the Hardy Boys will be back. I'm very interested to see how Tony Khan is going to incorporate Jeff into AEW television, then join back with Matt and join the uh, Team Extreme once again. So we'll see what happens with that. I know you're not interested in that, but it's uh, only a uh, natural thing, a, na- a natural occurrence that's going to be happening on AEW television. So get used to it. Let's get it out of the way, man. It's going to happen. But uh, Matt Hardy walked out on private party. So uh, they are, once again, teasing uh, dissension there with the Hardy family office. Santana is the guy I want to talk about here. Ortiz was eliminated in this match, which left Santana by himself. John Silver was one of the remaining members of this battle role at the end of the match. I love John Silver. I think John Silver is great. Uh, Nobody really knows how good he is until you actually physically see him move around in the ring. Uh, It sucks that, you know, everybody's going to, point to his size as being uh, the reason why uh, he'll never be on WWE television. The guy's a fantastic professional wrestler. Shut the fuck up. But the spot for John Silver, I I get why they did John Silver, but I would have had Santana in that spot. But after everything happened, I see why John Silver was there because it played right into the Adam Page thing. The point I'm trying to make is I I think proud and powerful, man. I don't know what's going on with them when they're going to get their opportunity, but... Man, I'd love to see Santana Ortiz get some real momentum or consistency underneath themselves. I feel like they always have their legs cut out from underneath them. Yeah, I, I thought they would have been in there longer, but um, at the same time, now that we saw John Silver go as long as he did, I want to see some. I want to see some some justice for the damn Dark Order, man. I I, I want to see a little bit more respect put on their names. I mean it. it they they gotta be more than just resident jobbers at this point. They be, well, I don't, and I only, it's only say that because two reasons: they're fantastic wrestlers and they're over with the crowd. So please tell me something that they're missing. I I don't know, man. You know what I'm worried about with them now that you bring that up? They are year ones, aren't they? Yeah. How many of them is Tony Khan actually going to bring back in year three? Probably all of them except Colt. I don't know. It's it's a very interesting topic, a very interesting topic of discussion. Um, I I, I listen. You and I both praise uh, Stu Grayson and Evil Uno. I, I I would not. I would love to see them have more of a priority role on on AEW in the tag team division. They are fantastic. John Silver's yeah. great. Um, you know Alex Reynolds. I mean, give or take, uh, he's good with Silver by himself. Not so much. I, I don't know, man. It's going to be a very interesting uh, year three for the Dark Order. They 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 have really 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 good comedic timing, and I I think that's a part of their downfall that they're now pigeonheld to a comedy spot. When if they were given serious roles, I don't see any reason why they can't nail them because again, 
they kill it in the ring. They kill it on promos. The crowd is loving the Dark Order. I'm not sure what else you're looking for as it pertains to someone getting a little push. I mean, I'm not saying give them the titles and run with them, but they got to be more than just resident jobbers, man. Yeah, no, I hear you. Angel Elaga with a $150 bomb middle of the stream. Angel, thank you so much, brother. Holy shit. You guys want to get in on the action, man? There you go. Be like Angel. $150 bomb. Thank you so much, Angel. We we will read the super chats at the end of the show. Um, Santana eliminated Bolt 2.0. And then the Young Bucks eliminated Ortiz. So he was in there by himself. The Bucks and FTR faced off. I got uh, a little news article on, on, on FTR, which I'll go over in a little bit. But then Red Dragon interrupted, and the teams were all reset at that point. Um, We got FTR eliminating Nick Jackson. Orange Cassidy saved Trent, who was in there uh, for his team solo, and Orange Cassidy saved him from being eliminated. Fish, Bobby Fish was eliminated. Uh, Tully Blanchard tried to help Cash eliminate Silver, but Silver turned it around and sent Cash over the top rope. Uh, so there was a, a little uh, anger there on Tully and Cash's part. Uh, there was Santana and Trent in the middle of the ring, staring down. Crowd was uh, giving these two a standing ovation because everybody uh, knew the history between these two teams, best friends and uh, proud and powerful with uh, Sue, Trent's mom, that big parking lot brawl at Daly's place. Unbelievable tag team match, probably one of the best Dynamite main events that they've ever done so people were giving them a standing ovation. Uh, if the time is right, I'd love to see another tag team feud, maybe with the titles on the line in the future between those two teams. But they were in the middle of the ring, and they were going back and forth. So we're, we're down to the elite and the former Undisputed Era. They both took them out. So O'Reilly and Matt Jackson took out both Santana and Trent. I wish Santana got a little bit more time in there. I think he's really getting over as a baby face. And he's uh, not, nothing nothing against Ortiz at all. But I, I, I don't know what you think, Jesse, but I could absolutely see Santana at some point in his career being a very viable single. I cannot. You cannot. No, no, no to be honest, no. And there's and it's nothing against him. I mean, it's, it's just um, all things considered. The, the, the size of the roster... Um, I'm not saying I'm not saying it's going to happen this year or next year. I'm just saying, you know, when 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 all is said and done, if he wants to go single, he's got the promo ability to do so. And and he's got the look. I mean, he looks incredible. Right. But then what happens to Ortiz? I don't know. I mean, that's that's that's, I mean, that's a question that we always ask about tag teams. What happens when Montez Ford is a single and Angelo Dawkins is by himself? Oh, we know what happens there. You know? That's not a question. We know what happens there. <laughs> Same thing that happens to a, to a Tucker. Yes. You know? Which will, it, will, it will eventually happen to Otis at some point, too. But, you know, yes, it's always a question that's going to be brought up. Who's the Genetti? You know? Yep. I'm not saying Ortiz, Ortiz is not a Genetti by any means. No, he's but, not. But <laughs> I'm saying, if it, I'm not saying they have to break up. I'm saying if he wants to win singles gold, they could do it as proud and powerful. You know, yeah, yeah, no, he, he just he's been he's been strong on the mic lately, um, which is fantastic because he can he can go ahead and show the the promo loads for the team. I just want to see the tag team division take off a little bit, you know, because like I said, it's been stagnant. 
But again, it does look like they are positioning the the tag team division to to do big things again, like they did in year one. Yes, and, and I and I love that because uh, Wednesday's legitimately the only night of of wrestling during the week where tag team wrestling actually thrives. So I I very much appreciate that. So we're down to the final four here. We got Matt ja- uh, Matt Jackson, we got Kyle O'Reilly, Dax Harwood of FTR, and John Silver. I like the fact that. Uh, there was not a full tag team in this set, and I love the sense of urgency on everybody in this match. O'Reilly and Dax fought on the apron. Fish was already eliminated. He came over and eliminated Dax without actually being in the match. So Silver was then running all over uh, Matt Jackson, and he was eliminated eventually by by Matt Jackson. Then O'Reilly... There was a moment, Jesse, in this match where it was O'Reilly and Matt Jackson. They were maybe kind of working together a little bit in the match before, but then O'Reilly kind of faked an injury towards the end. He's like, no, 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 you you eliminate him, man. We'll, we'll, we'll win this one together. And he kind of stepped to the side. Matt eliminated John Silver, and then Kyle O'Reilly uh, pulling the ruse on Matt Jackson. He eliminated Matt Jackson, and Red Dragon wins the tag team battle royal uh, this is the Kyle O'Reilly that we all love, Jesse, in NXT. I don't know what happened in 2.0. They stripped all of that away from him and teamed him with fucking Von Wagner. This is the Kyle O'Reilly that we need in AEW, and we're getting him, and I love it. And they're going on to Revolution. What do you think about Red Dragon getting that one slot in the triple threat match at the pay-per-view? Yeah, I think... Um... Um, I, I, I think we're I think we're in for in for a new tag team champions. Yeah, well, yeah, well, I don't know. Uh, Come on, man! You know, listen, if you're gonna get the Bucks and Red Dragon in that match, bro, is Jurassic look, Express gonna be able to survive, or are they gonna go extinct? Come on! Look, it's a it's a multi team match, right? You see what I did there? Yeah, extinct, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's it's a it's a multi team match, so. We're gonna get a lot of spots. We're gonna get a lot of fuckery. We're gonna a lot of get of this, a lot of that. Um, I think Jurassic Express is gonna come out on top with with all kinds of shenanigans going on. I don't think Jurassic Express is gonna lose it until they get a one on one match. But I would hate to see them get the titles and then lose them just quickly. So right now, I think it's just about putting on the most entertaining tag match they can put on at Revolution. But as much as I would love to see. You know the, the 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 titles go somewhere else. I don't want to see um, Jurassic Express drop the titles this soon. Yeah, you're pro- you're probably right. I, I think um, I think Red Dragon and the Elite play into a bigger story here, uh, one that doesn't really need the tag team titles, and that story is Omega coming back. I don't even know if Cole is going to beat Page at the pay per view, so we don't know. Omega could show up at yeah. the pay per view and kind of surprise everybody, and then off to the running we go with this big feud. And this inner turmoil with the uh, former Bullet Club and all these friends and the elite and undisputed era—it's going to be crazy. Um, so yeah. they don't necessarily need the tag team championships. So you you may be correct in that. Jurassic Express ceased to live another day, and yeah. we get these two other teams—the Bucks and the Red and the guys in Red Dragon—to feud together, and the titles really aren't a necessity for what's going on there. Yeah, I, I, I want I want Kenny to to get as much rest as as he wants to. Um, before he comes back on on another tear, but um, at the same time, um, we get Switchblade here, man. We get Adam Cole here. We got all this stuff going on, man. We can use Kenny back to to spin the wheels 
in 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 that whole little that whole little situation with that group. So yeah, uh, I hope he comes back soon. Me too. I think uh, I think it's uh, kind of getting to that point in AEW's lifespan where Omega's been out as long as he have. He, he's not missed, but he's very missed at the same time. And, and I don't mean that uh, that you know that he's not missed in a bad way because Tony Khan's got a yeah. lot to uh, you know kind of cover his tracks with him being out. But someone like that, how how great he is and how influential he is, uh, is yes. very much missed. But. After the match, Jesse, we got Hangman Page storming to the ring. He takes out both Red Dragon because they attacked him in previous weeks. Adam Cole tries hitting Page from behind with a sneak attack. Page turns around and starts going after him. Before Page can hit his lariat on Cole, Red Dragon removes Cole from the ring. So he was going for the buckshot, and Adam Cole was dragged out of the ring by his buddies. Page takes advantage of O'Reilly, of O'Reilly being thrown in the ring, took him out instead with the buckshot, and uh, O'Reilly's playing up to the buckshot was really fucking hilarious. He was just stumbling over himself, turning around, and he got that lariat in his face. So after this and the lariat, Page got on the microphone, and he's telling a story about Cole's desire to win the AEW world title. He says Cole never realized he was moving closer and closer to a six-foot hole in the ground, he says Cole's taking one step too close to the grave, and the better Adam will hit him. So I'm loving what's going on here. There's a lot of moving parts. Adam Page, very kind of, you know, in your face. He was very vocal. We need Page to be direct and that ass kick uh, that ass kicker as as world champion. And I like this promo. Meanwhile, the Undisputed Era guys, they were all uh Kind of uh, talking shit on the outside, and Bobby Fish was snarking away, and Kyle O'Reilly was making some sarcastic remarks. Uh, there's a lot of moving parts here, Jesse, and uh, again, I'm 50 50. I'm glad it's not as predictable as uh, a lot of what we usually see on Monday or Friday nights with this world title. It could honestly go either way. And it's one of those situations where if Page wins, I'm okay with it. If Cole wins, I'm okay with it. If either guy loses, I'm okay with it because we know where all of this is leading potentially, and I'm okay either with either decision. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I liked I liked how Hangman looked tonight. Yes, um, I think he's looking a lot better coming out of that Lance Archer feud. Where I, I just I just did not like how the world champion was looking when he found out he had to face his opponent. Yeah, and in, in, in his opponent's own style of a match. You know, my super badass babyface champion should not be worried about any motherfucking body for any reason. So um, when he got jumped by Red Dragon, he brought his ass out tonight to whoop some ass. That's just how he looked. He, he came out and I'm whooping somebody's ass. And I don't and I, I want to see Hangman look like a badass, not have to mentally, physically or any kind of way retreat from anyone. So he should be a babyface with balls, not one that's going to. Where he, I understand what they were trying to do and make um, Archer look strong, but at the same time, you don't want your champion to look weak. But they rebound from that. He looks strong tonight, and it should be a really good match. Yeah, I'm I'm very excited about this and the tag team uh, title match coming up at Revolution. Really, really good stuff here. This is long term booking at its best in AEW, folks. Uh, Jesse, there was a Dax Harwood story. I I quickly want to go over before we get into uh, the next segment, which is MJF. Uh, Dax was on Renee's podcast and said Shawn Michaels, HBK, the heartbreak kid, 
made fun of him after bonding in NXT. So he was talking about how upset he was about the Revival's beatdown on Raw 25. If you guys remember, uh, it was FTR out there, and they were embarrassed by D-Generation X at the Manhattan Center, and Finn Balor came out there with Triple H, too sweet and everybody. Not sure if you remember that, Jesse, but it was at Raw 25 at the Manhattan Center. And I'll, uh, he, he says this to Renee. For a lot of guys, it's like, oh, it's a paycheck. Who cares? But not me. There's a legacy I want to leave. But what happened, and that happened, and I talked to Shawn Michaels about it. That was the first time we had talked since the Performance Center days. I told him, man, this happened, tore my bicep, went through a really dark period and thought I was going to quit. But thankfully, I have the greatest wife in the world, and she supported me and brought me out of this funk and out of this dark place, and I'm here now, and I'm super happy. He said, I was the same way. I was in this very dark spot in my, in my life, you know, and, and I have my wife. She's beautiful. She pulled me out of this dark spot, too. You and your partner are way too talented to be doing what you're doing tonight. You are way too talented to stay at this point. Just keep your nose to the ground and keep grinding and you'll get over. I said, oh, Sean, thank you so much. So then, that was the good and now the bad. Harwood continued to talk about how things changed when Michaels and him were in front of his friends. He says this and like, well, we had this bonding moment. And that's the part I just talked about with you guys. And then we got in front of his friends, X-Pac, Hunter, Billy Gunn, Road Dog, Scott Hall. And as soon as we got in front of his friends, he started making fun of me and making fun of my situation and what happened with my bicep. I was like, oh, man, I just poured my heart out to you. And as soon as we get in front of your friends, because we're going over that they're going to beat the shit out of us, you decide to take all that stuff and make fun of me about it. End quote. I mean... I don't see why he would bullshit there in regards to that. That sounds pretty fucked up. And the one thing that comes to my mind, Jesse, is that Bret Hart is always and will be greater always over Shawn Michaels. Yeah. I mean. Yeah, I heard the story, man. That was that was kind of messed up. That was kind of messed up, man. I mean, and removed the conduct because that was just messed up. And I'm like you. I believe him. I believe every. Yeah. I believe he has a single reason to get on Renee's podcast and just fabricate a story like that. Plus, it sounds like some shit that Sean and his clique would do. Yeah. So, it, I don't know what to say about that, man. He's 100% right. That's bullshit. It, it is bullshit. It, it's it's kind of sad that uh, Shawn Michaels, at his age, acting like he's at fucking recess in high school when he's around his friends and someone just uh, poured their heart out to him. But, but the one thing I take a, a, away from this... And, and this is the type of guy that I would love on a roster if I was in charge and Tony Khan is very lucky to have a guy like Dax. It's not a paycheck to him. He says, yeah, clearly you want to be paid for as great as you are. And they're one of the best tag teams on the planet. I'm sure they're being paid very well. But it, it, it's about being paid as well as being happy. How many people can say that they're actually happy while also being paid? Not many. But he says there's a legacy I want to leave. And, and that line stuck out to me because... You know, with, with what they do, they're not the prototypical guy that you think about watching WWE, or they're not the prototypical team, rather, that you watch watching WWE TV and you see them on TV. Oh, those guys, these guys look like jobbers. You know, they they look like what I used to watch back in the day, even in the 80s. 
You know, they're they're a, a fucking tag team. They're not flashy. They don't wear these fucking bright colors. They don't have pyro. You know, there's nothing uh, overly over the top about them. They're just Dax Harwood and Cash Wheeler. They're FTR. They're ingrained in the old school. And what they love of the old school, they bring to the new school and make it new. The fact that he wants to leave a legacy, Jesse, that to me, you know, that that's the type of attitude that everybody should fucking have when they join a pro wrestling promotion. Yeah, you want to be paid, but... Everything that you do in that ring should fucking matter, and you should be proud of it. I love that. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I mean, I don't know why Sean did what he did, other than this is that was the that was the 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 way of life back then. Um, when those guys were together all the time, that's how they treated. That's how they treated the other talent. So I guess he just fell back into his ways after they all got back together to hang out for that one night. I don't. Yeah. I don't know what it is. It. You know. You know what. You know what. I love. I'd love to know if Shawn Michaels is that same way in NXT when uh, talent's coming up to him asking, "Well, well, Mister Michaels, how come I'm not on TV?" You know. Yeah. Uh, you know, is he like that with the students down there or the uh, the people he's working with in NXT? Fucked up. Really fucked yeah. up. Anyway. Uh, that was on Renee's podcast. If you guys want to go uh, listen to that, I'm sure it is uh, on uh, YouTube and where other Spotify or uh, iTunes, wherever other podcasts are. So make sure you guys go and check that out. I didn't really listen to it yet, but uh, I will eventually get to it. But that was a quote from the podcast with Dax Harwood. MJ, do we have any, other, do we have any mods here? Uh, do we have mods? Why? Because people are complaining that someone needs to be kicked out and I'm not paying attention and I just looked at it and saw we have no we have 47 mods in this channel and no mods here. Who is uh who who's getting who's who's Ukraine on Ukraine under attack? Okay. Get him out of here. Okay. There, there you we go. go. Some fucking troll. There you go. Enjoy the rest of the show, guys. Uh, as long as it's not some fucking geek in the community who waits four weeks to fucking spam in the chat. I I'm okay. MJF. Let's talk about MJF. He hits the ring. He's here to discuss his dog collar match with CM Punk at Revolution. So he's in the ring. And the first thing I noticed, Jesse, is he's got some watery substance flowing from his eyeballs. Yeah, he's like, cutting onions in the back. I'm like, yeah, uh, I mean, I mean, this isn't Titus catering. I don't know what Tony Khan's catering uh. looks like, but I don't know why MJF would be in the kitchen cutting onions. That's Dana Brooks' job, but. Yeah. He was uh he was crying. He comes out crying and he says he knows he's not the easiest person to like, but he wants an opportunity. Audience is booing him. MJF says it's easy to believe he was raised with a silver spoon in his mouth, but he says the only reason he got out of bed this morning was wrestling. He says he loves AEW and meeting and meeting CM Punk meant the world to him. MJF says he has a, a severe problem of ADHD, and every day at school for him when he was growing up was hell. He says football was the one thing he was good at. He was only one of two Jewish, Jewish kids on the team. MJF asked the crowd if there are any Jews in the house, and he got booed. I, I, la I laughed at that line, but, uh, you know, it, it is what it is. So I'm sure somebody will complain about it. He said one day he said one day he saw his teammates walking up to him, but they looked angry. They were holding rolls of quarters and they all threw the quarters at him. They said, "Pick it up, Jew boy." 
So he went home and he cried, but he stopped and remembered he got to meet CM Punk. CM Punk was his hero, the guy he looked up to. He wanted to learn how to speak up for himself and be like CM Punk. He had football scholarships left and, left and right, but he didn't care. All MJF wanted to be was like CM Punk. MJF referenced the moment CM Punk quit WWE and he started to raise his voice and yell and said he left all of his fans. He left me. And he says he buried his happiness and dreams after learning about Punk leaving WWE. MJF made a promise to not leave people high and dry that look up to him. He declares himself better than CM Punk, and Punk knows it. So Punk comes down the ramp, no music. He storms down the aisle. Very confused look on his face. Punk then gets into the ring. He asks MJF. He was very hesitant to walk up to him because you never trust MJF. Punk asks MJF if his story was true. Is this true, Max? Is it real? MJF said, yes, it's true. Still tears running down his face. He's got red in his eyes, and he just leaves the ring. Jesse, MJF is quite the fucking actor, man. We should give him an Academy Award. Clearly, Punk knows this is all a troll job, and I don't think Punk is going to fall into the trap of Mr. Maxwell here. This is so good. This guy said he has ADHD had trouble learning and dealing with school. He got bullied all the time. He had quarters thrown and at him, and the people called him Little Jew Boy. All you. Boo. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> so good. Only MJF could fucking cry on his way to the ring, have tears down his face cutting a promo, and people are still fucking booing the guy, man. But MJF at the end of the promo, I'll tell you what, people. some people were fucking cheering his story. You know, MJ run into a burning building, save 10 orphans and come out and get booed for it. Dude, this guy is fucking great. There are some people in this industry that we watch on TV every week. And you could say, you know, at any given point, no matter what's going on on TV, on oh, he needs to turn heel. Oh, she needs to go baby face or vice versa. MJF just gave you a baby face promo and got booed in Connecticut. So I don't know what that tells you guys, but what it tells me is that MJF is fucking incredible at his job, and no matter what he does, he will be a heel for the entirety of his career. Forever. And the best one. (laughs) I mean, I loved it. I don't believe it. I don't think Punk believes it. I uh, I was one of the people laughing at him while he was crying because I think we all kind of know MJF (laughs) at this point. But Punk is not going to fall for this. Punk is too smart. But what's what's the whole deal here, Jesse? It is this was a very weird stance for somebody that's not watching AEW television, and they know CM Punk to be the babyface here. And MJF, if you watch a couple weeks, know him as a prick. You know what was the whole what was the whole I guess process of this? What are they thinking going into Revolution with something like this happening two weeks before the pay per view? Uh, some kind of tactic to get Punk to drop his guard for some reason or another. So um, we'll get to wait and see next week to see what, you know, what the purpose of getting Punk to drop his guard was all about. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Maybe he's trying to get the stipulation changed. You know, maybe he's trying to, you know, MJF, he's got something up his sleeve. Why he's doing it, 
Don't know. We gotta wait to find out the why. But the execution was fucking great. Yeah, yeah, the execution was great, and that's exactly what I was thinking. I'm like, maybe he doesn't really want the dog collar because he never really said, oh, you know, you want the match, I'm gonna give it to you. You, you got it. He never yeah. really agreed to the match, so I think he's kind yeah. of, you know, upset that the match is happening. He never agreed to it, trying to change the stipulation. But if if this does work out the way you said, and Punk does drop his guard, is that gonna be? An excuse for AEW to give Punk a clean loss here at, at Revolution, or or you rather them not have any funny business here and just have him go into the pay per view and lose because MJF is just the better guy and needs the win. MJF is is the more important talent right now for AEW um, by by a stretch too. I know Punk is making a lot more money, but MJF will be making Punk money you know, five to 10 years from now, and he'll be leading this whole company. So um, I think at the end of this, um, MJF needs to come out on top. Um, clean or fuckery. I mean, I'd rather be clean, but one way or the other, um, Punk needs to be looking at the lights again, and he still won't be affected by this loss. No. I don't think anything Punk does. If he loses to anybody, he's not going to be affected by it. I just don't want to see him lose, you know, a lot. But, no. you know, he's bulletproof. And, and I think he kind of, like, we, we talked about this for weeks now. He, he, yep. he, he knows why he's there. You know, he's, yep. he's there to put over people like MJF, and people need to understand that. Exactly. Everybody that Punk has beaten before um, all benefited from just being in the ring with Punk. Um, MJF was Punk's first opponent that if he didn't win it would have been um, a negative outcome for MJF. So this is one that Punk needed to lose, and that's just what he did, too. And it looked great. He lost twice in one damn match, dude. Punk yeah. is so, such amazing at what he does. I don't think there's anybody watching this program that doesn't think CM Punk is, is not going to win that world championship. So it doesn't really, it doesn't really matter. He's yeah. going to be, in, in the three years that we got him, and, and who yeah. knows, he may, he may be here longer, he, he will win a world championship. So what happens on, on, on March 6th, for MJF is the most important thing in his entire life. CM Punk is going to be a world champion. We need to make people believe in MJF to get him to a world championship and then have him win that world championship. It's guaranteed for CM Punk in the eyes of many. We need people to believe in MJF to get more of those people to feel like it's a guarantee for him as well. So that's why hey, we're here. You know, I don't. to be honest, man, I don't know if Punk will ever win the world title. I'm telling you right now, I don't want to hear nothing from you, man. When, a know, when AEW has their stadium show, bro, I'm telling you right now, it will be Brian and Punk for the world title. I mean, look, it, it would never be a bad thing. All right, I don't want to be like, I don't want to see Punk win the title. No, it won't be a bad thing. But if he doesn't, I wouldn't be shocked, man. From, from what the way Punk has been talking, it just feels like he's not back to climb the top of the mountain. He's literally back to help this company thrive and to get the young talent over because he likes how they're treating pro wrestling. Now, it's not to say that he doesn't, I mean, he's not ever going to get a run, but if he doesn't, it wouldn't shock me, man. It seems like he's just trying to come back part-time and do what's right the way part-time should be doing it and not burying younger talent. Yeah, I mean, I just, I agree with what you're saying, but I, I just think that there's too much money left on the table for Tony Khan uh, yeah. with, with, with Punk. I mean, the matches are there. The match could have been there with Cody, that would have been fucking phenomenal. Uh, Punk versus Cole, Punk versus Brian, you know, Punk versus uh, Andrade or anybody, really. I mean, anybody you put in the ring with him uh, could be uh, a possible world title um, caliber 
match the, the way we mm-hmm. wanted in AEW. I mean, you, you know, you talk about the Forbidden Door. You know, Punk wants Okada. Okada wants Punk. You know, like you said, maybe we don't need a world championship on Punk to get those type of caliber matches. Punk versus Omega. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I do think that it adds a level mm-hmm. of intrigue. Punk, Punk, Punk himself is a title. He's an in-ring attraction. He he reminds me much like the um, the Undertaker and the Undertaker's um, um, like like with last I won't say last final run, but like the last good ten years or so of his actual in ring career. Um, I don't think he. I mean, how many times did he, has he has Taker actually won a world title? Two, three. You know, out, out of his, out of his career. But the thing is, just being in the ring with the Undertaker is an accomplishment and an award to anyone. And I think that'd be kind of the same level as punk. You know, you're in a match with punk, you win, Yeah. you know, no, no matter what happens, you win. If you get punk versus whoever, that's an attraction, um, put a title on it and it's yeah, better. But even without that title, it's still an attraction. I, I think punk is kind of like this, this era's undertaker in a sense of you get a match with punk at revolution. Holy shit. You're moving up, you know, and it doesn't have to be a title match. You get punk, you win. Yeah, d- you know? didn't all the people complain when uh, when when Punk beat Will Hobbs at uh, Grand Slam? Remember that when all the people complained? Oh, why is Will Hobbs getting another another loss? I mean, uh, he's, I he's in. I those complaints. But then again, people complain about everything. Yes, they, like, they, they, literally, they did. They, they did complain about everything. It. They did complain about it. Yeah. It was, that, it was, uh, why, why is he losing to Punk? Uh, Hobbs should be Hobbs should be beating Punk. Like no, no. Hobbs yeah. benefited from being in, the, in yes. a program with Punk. Yes. Now, who do you who do you, who, who do you th- who do you think chose Will Hobbs there in that moment? Was CM yeah. Punk? I mean, you 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 have Hobbs beat Punk, and okay, then going forward, then what? Then Hobbs loses to <laughs> to who, yeah. who the fuck ever? Yeah, 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 Hobbs, I, yeah Hobbs, Hobbs loses to fucking uh, I don't know uh, Dante Mar- uh, Matt yeah. Seidel. Give me a break. Yeah, at that point, he better go on to the world title. He, he just beat Punk. You know, no, he he was he was he's on a roll. He was doing great. He got punk. He fought in a fantastic match. He took an L. Then he went on to continue great. And he's still being built up. He was he was elevated with that match with Punk, man. No, no, no harm there at all. No, absolutely. I agree with you 100 percent But uh, you know, I do think I do think that uh th- there will come a day where Punk is the world champion. I just, you know, whether he you know, a lot of people say AJ Styles doesn't want the world championship anymore. Randy Orton doesn't want the world championship. If there's a if there's a solid story there to take the title and build it through him to put it on somebody younger, I always think there's a great opportunity yeah. to do that. And, and and that and that could be a way as well. Look, if, if down the road gets here and we have a champion that's kind of stagnant or needs to take a take a leave for injury or to recovery and they need a transitional champion, you want to put it on punk? Fuck, go ahead and put it on Punk. It didn't have Punk go ahead and put someone over who, who will take that take that W and a title and elevate it even. Well, not to say you'll never win it. There could be an opportunity to put someone over as champion at the same time. So Yeah. Death Triangle. Pack, Penta, we're missing Phoenix. This, this isn't uh, Christian with a 99-99 super right. chat. Oh my goodness, we got some big bombs here yes. tonight. The Dynamite Post Show. Thank you guys. We again will be reading these super chats at the end of the show. Um, this is not Penta Jr. or whatever he was calling himself before. This is Jesse Penta Oscuro, meaning black, Penta Black. Uh, if you guys watched Lucha Underground, 
Pentagon Jr. was Pentagon Black and Lucha Underground is uh, this kind of morbid or dark or Pentagon Dark, yes, in in Lucha Underground. And um, this is just a different take on what we usually see for Penta. So I like it. And, And the thing is, Jesse, he's turned to the dark side now because of the Black Mist. No, he turned to the dark side because his partner can't stay home. But what about the Black Mist? <laughs> yeah, that's going to be the storyline behind the it. The Black Mist. You know, you know the Black Mist that uh, we're still waiting for evil Julia Hart, bro. Still waiting on evil Julia Hart. What is she going to do? Why do you have to bring up Julia fucking Hart, bro? Because she was misted in the face by, by Aleister Black. That's not why you're bringing up Julia Hart, asshole. Yes, it, yes it is. What are, you, what are you talking about? Not bringing up Julia Hart for any other reasons. I mean, I mean, who did she beat up outside Chicago, right? Some loser, right? We're not talking about that. Well, you know, with Lee Johnson. Lee Johnson was there, too. If I recall. Right? But it's about the mist, bro. It's about the black mist. What is Julia going to do, man? I don't know, man. I don't know. Because it's, it's starting, I mean, that the, that they've added Buddy and... Everything else, the, the idea of her joining this kind of seems a little bit distant now. So now, what are they doing with her at, at this point entirely? Because they're still playing up that angle. She's now Emu Julia. Julia Blackheart. Yeah. Oh, man, I like that name. It's got a nice ring to it. Uh, oh, oh, my God. Christian. Editing. Whoa! Christian with another 100 in Super Chat. Jesus fucking Christ, man. Should I give him the, uh, the lease to the building? This guy could pay the fucking rent to the venue. Christian. Holy shit. Christian, thank you so much, brother. Can um, you hire him and get rid of Issa? Who? What? No, what? No. Why are you talking about getting rid of Issa, man? Because you know, she she's in Puerto work, Rico man. enjoying the sun, bro. Will you leave her alone, please? No. She leave. No, she doesn't fucking come to work. You know, you know, you thought Julia Hart was bad. Don't, don't let me get Issa on you, bro. Yeah, yeah. She's I not going to be, she's not going to go so easy on you. Yeah, I'll I, I take that back. I don't need Issa looking for No. Anyway, we got uh, this tag team match, Kings of the Black Throne. This is Brody King and Malachi Black versus Pac and Penta Dark here on Dynamite. Um, I thought the match was very good. I don't really get a sense that the crowd cared too much, Jesse. For the big moves, they they, they ood and they odd and they pop with the big moves, but it was mostly kind of a tame crowd for this. Why do you, why do you, I don't know if you, if you felt the same thing or saw the same thing, but if you did... Why do you think that is? I don't know. Man. You know, I wish I knew, but I don't know. I don't. Maybe because the House of Black has been hot and cold yeah. on and off here and there. Yeah, it's it's all over you know? the place. Yeah, there's not one there's not one set storyline, and the storyline that they were going with, they haven't really kind of you know maneuvered back to yet. And, and case in point, case in point, who ate the L tonight? Well, I'll, I'll get to that. I, I did not like who ate the L tonight, but uh, I'm trying to figure out why that individual did eat the L. But, you know, they were that's brawling. That's all- a part of it, though. That's yeah. part of it. They're hot and cold, hot and cold. He's losing here. I mean, this. what happened with Julia Hart? I mean, give me give me some direct. I mean, look, I like where they're going with this buddy situation and everything else and Brody King. But again, it's a little confusing where they're trying to go with this whole organization. right? Now. Yeah. Uh, well, before the bell, they all brawled before the bell. Penta dove on to uh, both King and Black. Pack immediately hit an absolutely stunning, beautiful 450 splash on Malachi for two in the ring. King tagged in 
took Pack down, big clothesline. I like the way he moves. He throws his weight around a lot. He's very intimidating. Um, King used Pack to take out Penta before landing a big-time tope himself through the ropes. Black tagged in, hit a German bridge suplex on Pack. Another picture-perfect suplex there. Uh, that got it, too. So we got Black and King now went for their finishing move, Dante's Inferno. But Pack broke it up. Pack landed a uh, series of pump kicks and a German on Brody King. But Black made a blind tag. He went for the mist. So he did try and missed. Um, but Penta came over and covered Black's mouth. And the commentary team was really selling the fact that Penta put his hand over Malachi's mouth. He swallowed his own mist. He got taken out of the match. And Penta covered Black's mouth at this point and then rolled him up, Jesse, for a one, two, three. So, so the Black Mist was thwarted by Penta, and Malachi eats his first pin in AEW. Not really a fan of how he... Well, I guess they tried to cover it up by him swallowing his Black Mist, but I, I don't like the fact that he took an L here. Yeah, yeah, I mean... And the only thing I could possibly think of is Brody King is too new, and they don't want to beat him yet so soon. And then they had the debut of Buddy Matthews, which now makes them an even formidable group, now a trio instead of a duo. So uh, maybe their mindset is, well, he could take the L. We just enhanced his group. I don't know. But why Why does Nick need to be an L, period? I don't know. Because, I mean, look, Pence is coming out with a new gimmick. He's not losing. Pack, I saw Pack's record. I have no idea. I had no idea he lost. That guy lost like what was it? 12, 13 fucking matches already or something like that. But why are we gonna why are we having Malachi come out with Brody and they're gonna debut Buddy and make the group stronger in a losing effort? Why not? I mean, look, it could have been it could have been a DQ to the sense of uh, uh Buddy came out to prevent. Malachi from losing, and that's how the, the stable was, you know, formed in the ring. I don't understand why they have to come out and form it after a loss. People in the chat are saying this is not his first loss. I stand corrected. Cody Rhodes defeated Malachi Black. Well, no, he's got he's got two losses already. You said this was his first. Yeah, I, I made I made the mistake. Yes, this is yeah. uh, this is uh, uh, his second loss in AEW. That's his third. His third. Ooh. Yeah, he already had two losses. It, 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 on the graphic, it said he had two losses already. Who the fuck did he lose to besides Cody? No, somebody. I don't know. I don't remember. Was it Pac? I don't, I, I don't know. Somebody in the chat, go look it up. Who, who did Malachi get pinned by besides tonight? It's Cody and who else? Jesse says sure. he saw three losses. Yeah, Chad will oh, find two it. losses. He came, he came out with two L's on the graphic. I don't know. Well, Cody's pinned everybody, really, so it's not really surprising. I don't know why I had forgotten about that. This is his first tag team loss. I should really correct myself there. But, uh, you know, he's so special. I don't think he should be losing matches. Let's get back to that point. I don't think he should be losing matches, period. No, you know? no. I mean, no, they, they want to have him be the head of this ominous stable, you know, supposed to be badasses. I mean, I don't see why he's out there taking L's like that. Um. He's, this guy's forming a crew that's equivalent to the one that Brody Lee was forming. Um, when he was running the Dark Order, you can see Brody out there taking unnecessary L's. Yeah. So, well, I don't the, know. The, 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 the trios championships need to be a thing this year. 
They they honestly need to uh, be willed into existence in 2022. Now, yes. I, I mean, there's a lot of teams that I could instantly point to to make uh, trios champions. You could do um, you could you could do anybody. You could do the elite. You could do uh, the former undisputed era. You could do Dark Order. You could the do Dark Jurassic Order. Express with Christian. You, you, I mean, you could do anybody really. But yeah. I mean, look at how many fucking tag teams are in their regular t- tag team division two on two. And then look at all the fucking trios teams that they could put together and make dream matches out of and make these matches feel important. Because you know a six-man's coming when Phoenix comes back. So I, I just want these matches to have meaning. I want these wins to matter. I want championships to be, you know, on TV and make these these teams uh, have more to fight for. It's going to be a great thing. I don't know what's taking so long. Yeah. Be fun. But uh, at, at the end of the match, this is where the uh, the bigger story of the entire match comes into play. We got the lights going out. So we got Brody King attacking both Penta and Pac. And the lights go out. King ambushes Penta. Big beat down. And Black brings in Penta's shovel. Lights go off. And Buddy Matthews is in the round. I don't know why Buddy Matthews needs uh, the lights going out. But uh, this is Tony Khan's MO. Lights go out. Oh, big surprise. Big debut. So Buddy That's Matthews. Yeah, it's it's. I guess so. Yeah, I, I, I guess that's right. But uh, lights go off. Out comes Buddy Matthews. He's in the ring already. When the lights come on, Black is backtracking. He's like crawling away in the ring. Black looks like he saw his worst enemy just standing there right in front of him. So Black backs away from Matthews. He's very afraid, playing it up. Then Matthews, out of nowhere, is teasing. If he's going to attack Black, because they have a history and everybody knows it, or attack Pac. And he ends up attacking Pac, Jesse, and then he joins Malachi and the House of Black. Matthews stomps Penta's face into a chair as he was propelled to do this, forced to do this by Malachi. Uh, I don't know what was exactly said, but I believe the words said were, this needs to be done. And boom. He did a uh, face plant onto the steel chair. They all stood as a trio in the middle of the ring. This is a great move for AEW. It adds another top-tier in-ring performer. And I know that all the E-drones are going to be like, oh, he's another vanilla midget and this and that. I don't think they really understand how great of an in-ring performer this is. You can't leave somebody like this out on the free agent market for so long. But the thing is, Jesse, his value is going to come to AEW in this role. He's great by himself, don't get me wrong, but he's not the best talker. He's got a great presence. He looks absolutely fucking incredible, and I honestly think he fits the House of Black. He doesn't have the tattoos. He's not going to do the black mist and all that shit. He's not uh, the most satanic-looking guy of the bunch, but he's got that presence about him because of his body body type, And, and he's a good muscle to have. He looks the part. He feels legit. He looks legit. And the yeah. history with Black, I mean, that's without saying, bro, this is a perfect pairing. It is. It is. And I got the stats here. Cody beat Malachi on Dynamite in October last year. Um, Black lost uh, twice in a row. He lost to Cody on that night, and then he lost to uh, Cody and Pat, um, Andrade and Malachi. They what? lost to so that was that was his two and then he just lost tonight so that was his, this is his third 
So one was a tag match, one was a singles match. All right, well, there you go. He's got three losses in AEW now. Yep. But this is the perfect pairing. I think this is going to be a great role for Buddy Matthews. We saw we saw him in, in this, I guess, type of you know back, uh, I guess, background player per se to to Seth Rollins. I mean, that was a great pairing. The pairing didn't really make sense, but yeah. I mean, that's the type of role that he was slotted in there, and and he owned it. And they were they were tag team champions, and he became a, a lot better of who he is working alongside Seth Rollins. So I hope that this, with his history with Black is really going to make for some great television moving forward. Yeah, but Buddy is one of those one of those guys that's going to get over with the crowd by in-ring work alone. Yeah. And he'll do his storytelling in the ring. So you put him with a group or a faction or a team that's, that can do promos and facilitate storylines and angles, and Buddy can play them out in the ring. And Jesus Christ, Christian again, man. Christian I'm trying with, to talk. He needs to stop with these bombs, bro. I'm trying to fucking talk. Christian with another $100 super chat. Oh, my goodness. Jeez. No yeah. more super chats, man. I'm trying to talk. Yeah, Jesse, continue with what you were saying. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, yeah. He can he can be that guy, you know, um, promos here and there with the faction at the stable. Take care of that. Um, he can be the enforcer at ringside, much like much like Wardlow was at the start of his AEW run with the Pinnacle. I mean, MJF is gonna talk all of his shit, and then when he gets somebody riled up, he's gonna hide behind his big man, and that's what Brody. That's what that's what Brody. That's what Buddy can do for the House of Blood. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm very excited about this move. Tony Khan put the graphic. He is all elite, and the matches that we will be seeing, folks, in. AEW with Buddy Matthews, they are a plenty, let me tell you. One of the most underutilized and undervalued talents to come out of WWE that was released. They didn't know what to do with him. All anybody thinks is, oh, isn't that Alexa Bliss's ex-boyfriend? They were slated to be married. That's all they ever thought about with Buddy Murphy. They let him go. Guy could have been so much more if they actually put their fucking brains to use. And now he's Tony Khan's problem, and it's a fucking great problem to have. I would easily, I mean, if this guy was a free agent and I knew he was he was about due with the 90 days, I'm on the phone with him on day 89. That's how fucking great Buddy Matthews is, man. I can't wait to see what he does, and this is a great signing, and I'm very happy for him. Moving on here, man. Eddie Kingston and Chris Jericho face-to-face. This was probably one of the best things of the entire show. There was a lot to love about this show. Eddie Kingston and Chris Jericho are in the ring. There's guards, security guards there. Eddie Kingston comes out first, and he's laughing at the guards being there. Jericho comes out. People singing Judas. Kingston says he's over it. Kingston doesn't appreciate the security being in the ring. Jericho refers to Kingston as a street thug. Kingston says, you don't even know what that means. You know, uh, he doesn't know what they're doing here. And this all very, this all feels like uh, very much sports entertainment. He calls Jericho a sports entertainer. Kingston says, since Jericho's not going to fight him, they may as well get two women in the ring to wrestle. So he calls out Chris Statlander and Willow Nightingale to come out to the ring. He's yelling at Tony Khan from the ring in the back. Bring out two ladies. Let's get some women in the <laughs> ring to wrestle. Kingston says, it's a wrestling company. Not a sports entertainment company. So if you, if you want that, you could go right up the road to Stanford, Connecticut. 
I left. Jericho says, yeah, they're right down the road from Stanford. But he guarantees this sports entertainment will actually be entertaining. Ooh. Oh, man. Ooh, two burns there. One by Kingston and one by Chris Jericho, man, making the e-drones. Fucking drip some salty discharge from their eyes, man. I love it. I Why love is it. Talking about WWE? What are they talking about? WWE, man. I don't get it. You know, Raw is a 1 8 rating. AW can't even do a million. <laughs> Give me a break. Um, Jericho says he thought they were talking about Eddie Edwards at first when uh, Eddie Kingston was brought into the company. He says Kingston looks like a jobber. Jericho says when he heard Kingston's promo, he realized this guy was good. He says Kingston has something special and what it takes to get to the top. Chris Jericho says it wouldn't be long before Kingston became a huge babyface in AEW. Eddie Kingston then said, what's a babyface? <laughs> what's a babyface? This, <laughs> this, termi- this is terminology that you don't really hear on uh, Monday or Friday night. So yeah, what's a, what's a babyface? So he says, listen, I don't care what you are saying. Kingston said Jericho main evented all these events because he wasn't there. Because Jericho went on and said, yeah, at the age of 22, I became a star and I main evented here and there, all these championships. Eddie Kingston said, you did all that because I wasn't there doing it with you. He says, he's not like the others that lie. Kingston says he's going to be doing this his way and be himself until he dies. He doesn't do the shit that other promoters do to cut talent down and take opportunities away from people and be very political. He says Jericho's sucking the blood out of him. Kingston issues a challenge for a match against Jericho at Revolution. Jericho says Kingston is terrified to make it to the top and make it at a high level. Jericho claims Kingston would fail if he ever did make it to the top. And those are the things I really want to focus on in in a little bit. Jericho brings up Kingston's uncle and father, who he claims are both failures. Says deep inside, Kingston feel, feels like he's a failure, like his uncle and like his father, and he won't win the big one. Jericho says the big one in the company is himself, Jericho, not anybody else. Jericho accepts Kingston's challenge for the pay-per-view. However, he says Kingston won't win the big one, but if he beats him, he will look him in the eye, shake his hand, and give him his respect. Kingston, this is the best line of the entire fucking night. Kingston says he wants the version of Jericho that won the AEW World Championship, not the fucking Jericho that did the Mimosa match with Orange Cassidy. (laughs) I want you to give me the Jericho that your good friend Paul Levesque fucking hated. Jericho says Kingston will always be a loser and never win the big one. This was, Jesse, fucking great Eddie Kingston is phenomenal when he's got a microphone in his hand. Jericho is as well. You put them in the same segment. Magic is going to happen. But the line, you know, outside all the fucking true WWE talk that they uh, that they gave you for one-liners here, the one thing that you uh, alluded to in the beginning was the fact that he is a failure and that he fails to win the big one. Do you think that they're possibly setting up one final push for Eddie Kingston to maybe go after the AEW World Championship, not necessarily win it. Maybe they tell a, a feel-good story for it, but is this the start of something a little bit more for Eddie Kingston on, a, on AEW television, and Jericho's going to be that catalyst to kind of give him that push? 
Yeah, no, I don't. I don't think so. Only because the world title field is way too crowded for someone like Kingston right now. Um, he Kingston would be a main eventer in pretty much any other promotion, but the but the the, the top of the card is just so packed in AEW right now. Um, but I could definitely see Kingston going for a TNT title and winning it as well. Yeah. Um, that that that's that's easy. That's a no brainer. And the way that they're setting up, the way that they set this promo up between these guys and everything else, let me let me tell you, let me tell you why you guys actually love Kingston. I mean, to the, you know, some people don't even know why they love Kingston. Eddie Kingston is is adored and beloved because everything he says and does is so believable. It's so believable. Whatever he says, when he comes out with this, with this, with this attitude and this, when this, with this fire. You believe it. I mean, you, you believe he's genuinely pissed at Chris Jericho, you know? I mean, you do. When he when when Kingston feuded with with Punk, you know, and, and Kingston came out there and started talking all this shit about what Punk used to do in the Indies and how he blackballed then you you believed. You believed all of that shit. It felt genuine, it felt real. So when he come out, you know, shooting with Jericho, I mean, like shit. I mean, Eddie's pissed. And when and when Jericho says stuff like you know you're a failure, you never win the big one, you're never gonna do this, that right away that tells me Kingston's winning this goddamn match. He's he's not gonna come out there and be called a failure by Jericho, and then Jericho beat him. No, and so no, I'm very much looking forward to this match, and uh, you know I hope that we do get that world championship, Jericho. I hope that we do get that that Kenny Omega, Chris Jericho. I hope that we get that that young, youthful Chris Jericho as much as we can, being that we got the current version of Jericho. I hope he channels his inner self, his inner youthful self. Uh, He looks great. I don't know what Jericho's done in the last month, month and a half to kind of transform himself. Maybe he's doing the DDP yoga again. Maybe he's uh, kind of been mindful of everybody on social media. You know, their their words are are fucking meaningless. Maybe he sees all the chatter about Adam Cole and, and the fact that he's got a dad bod. And and he's applying it to himself. Jericho Jericho looked great tonight. I'm looking at a picture of him right now. He's got the leather jacket on, no shirt. Uh, he looks like a fucking rock star as usual. He looks great at his age. You know, there's no, there's no, there's no way anybody could tell me if he went to WWE, Vince wouldn't still be using him at a high level. I don't know, yeah, maybe he just woke up and said, you know what, I want to get back in the fucking gym. Yeah. Cause I, cause I want to, so, and it's up to him. It's up to him, man. Yeah, he looks great. I, I'm, and again, I'm, I'm looking forward to what they do. You know, at Kingston and Jericho, if you let them go and you know, you, you let them have the match that I know that they could have, it could be a match of the night. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's, it's gonna be pretty damn good. So, card, card is definitely stacked. It should be a fun night. It's gonna be a great night. March sixth for Revolution. We'll go over the card uh, in a second. But let me let me get through this here. We got Face of the Revolution qualifying match, Ricky Starks and number ten. This was um, one of those one of those odd matches that I didn't understand why it was happening because we got Team Taz already represented in the ladder match. Ricky Starks, I didn't think he would be competing for the same ladder match, but here we are, and he ends up getting the victory over number ten. Number ten, by the way. Speaking of uh, looking great, Jesse, he looks fucking jacked. Holy, sh- holy shit! It's always looked jacked. Dude. I mean, he looked, but he he always has, but he looks even more jacked. Yeah, man. Preston Vance, dude. Um, I think he's so under. We, we say this every week, and I'm gonna keep fucking saying it until and until they get a as a bigger spot, you know. But Preston Vance, along with everyone else in the dark order, are just so 
underrated. They're just so underrated. They're so good in the ring. They have comedic timing. They have promo ability. They have it all. And they, they have everything you would want from a from a mid to upper upper mid card talent. Yeah. I'm not saying put the world title in the dark order, but they can the dark order could be hovering around any TNT tag team or trios title you need them to be in. Well, listen, man, everybody's gotta start somewhere. You know? Yep. If this is their starting point and they're learning from it, you know, I see potential in all of them. This may be his starting point. Who knows what he's gonna turn into three, four, five years from now. Yeah. But he, I thought he was going to win this match. I thought we, we were going to get another big guy in this match. Number 10, Preston Vance going to be in this match. Ricky Starks won, and he advances, making two members of Team Hobbs in there, joining the field of Will Hobbs and Wardlow and Bearcat. <laughs> Keith Lee. But, so, so Team Taz got two, two members yes, in the match. Yes, Team Taz has uh, a, a double a chance to win this thing. Do we see... An interference spot from a hooker. Where my where my hookers at? I don't know. Does, does, do we get a hook sighting at the pay per view? Yes. Pop the crowd, come in and help one of his team members out. Yes, I do think we see hook. That'd be amazing, man. Well, Ricky Starks tried to pull off Preston Vance's mask here. He grabbed at the mask. It was almost all the way off. So Vance worried, and this led to Ricky Starks delivering a spear. Well, the one, two, three, and he defeats number 10 of the Dark Order and advances to the ladder match. So we have two more qualifying matches to come. Who that is, I don't know. But we have quite the ladder match coming up at Revolution. Number one contender for the TNT Championship. Adam Cole and Red Dragon, they were backstage. Young Bucks accused Red Dragon of double-crossing them. They still have a chance to find their way into the title match next week at Revolution. Uh, Adam Cole says they have to get along with the Young Bucks because he has a lot on his plate with Adam Page. So the Bucks will have another opportunity at Revolution next week. And do you think they get in, Jesse? Is it going to be the Bucks and Red Dragon in that triple threat tag team match? Yeah, why not? I mean, again, I don't think think the titles are leaving Jurassic Express. So right now it's just about putting on the best match. Yeah. So... Would adding the Bucks to the match make it a better match? Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. TBS Championship, Jade Cargill defeated the Bunny. Uh, This was okay. Jade looked okay here. I'm not going to... Unnecessary. What? What's unnecessary? The match. Uh, The match was unnecessary. I I thought you said my comment of okay was unnecessary. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? No, the match was unnecessary. Yeah, the match was completely unnecessary. But, you know, they're doing the Jade thing, uh, which I'll allude to. Oh, she alluded to. I'll get to in a second, which I don't like. But Jade dominated right from the start, taunting with some push-ups and all the fucking posing. She held Bunny in an arm lock. Bunny Bunny avoided a strike and uh, whiplashed Jade's neck over the ropes before sending her into the barricade on the outside. So Matt Hardy came down and he said that he would delete Mr. Sterling. So Bunny landed a knee lift. Jade caught a Thez press, turned it into a nice-looking spine buster. Hardy distracted the official, and Bunny was tossed some brass knuckles. But Jade was thrown the TBS championship. So the belt had the advantage, and both Sterling and Hardy were ejected for their uh, nefarious actions here. Bunny rolled up Jade for a very close near fall. 
and landed two thrust kicks, but Jade countered the finish that she calls Down the Rabbit Hole. Gotta love the name of that one. And she countered that into the Jaded for the win. And Jade Cargill is now, what is it now, 20, 28, Jesse? 28, 29, and 0? 29. 29, and 0. After the match was over, Jade Cargill took the microphone, and she says to the crowd in Bridgeport, Connecticut, Who's next? I mean, Jesus fucking Christ, Tony. Don't say that. Don't say Tony that. Khan. Don't say Tony that. TK, please. I, I know what you're trying to do here, bro. But don't start having her not only emulate uh, Goldberg, but start using his lines. Uh, there was chance of Goldberg uh, in Bridgeport, Connecticut on an AEW television show, and my skin started to crawl. I'll Fuck tell you this. Bill though. Goldberg. Okay. Just want to throw that out there. I'll tell you this. Jade, Jade looks good out there tonight. From the moment she came out, everything about her screams star. She is I, looking better and better every week. I will I will say I, I like the green hair too. Yeah. She 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 is doing it. She still has a, a way to go in the ring, but even that's improved. But she just she she has it. I mean the 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 charisma she has plenty of it. The little nuances with the overflexing and things like that. Those are just the the things that she needs to you know fix. But at the core of it, I see why WWE is creaming themselves over. I see why Tony Khan has put her in the spot that he put her in. She looks like a star and she looks very marketable. Now. Yes. I like her look. Yes, her look is fine. I just, I, I listen. I mean, not going to criticize her on uh, what she's doing. I think we, we we've been fair, very fair uh, of her in ring yeah. ability, and she's training with uh, with Danielson now. So we're going to give her time to see uh, what she does there. But uh, I, I don't want to have her come out here and be uh, Jadeberg on no, AEW television. No, I, I mean, that has to fucking come to an end immediately. And I don't know if that was off the script or not. No pun intended. Or if that was something that uh, Tony Khan is really pushing her uh, to be, the next Bill Goldberg, the female version of Bill Goldberg. Who's next, she says. Tay Conti makes an appearance. She says she's going to be the one to beat Jade's ass. Races to the ring. She gets in Jade's face. Bunny interjects, attacks Tay because they got something going on or had something going on. And uh, Tay Conti gets knocked out. So Jade eventually takes advantage of this and delivers a nice-looking pump kick to Tay Conti. Tay sells it. Uh, very nice, and that apparently is the match that will be taking place at Revolution, I'm assuming, uh, TBS Championship match. So I don't know what, what's going on here, Jesse. She's uh, she's claiming who's next. She's legitimately beating everybody. Is this leading to one of the major free agents coming in and taking the title of Jade? How long do we get Jade being undefeated? Is it going to go 50? Is it going to go Is it going to go 120 like Goldberg? Well, I, I kind of want to see them... I mean, they, they have to mention it from time to time, but I kind of want to see them stop mentioning um, Jade's record so much. And 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 here's why. I mean, because what is she? She's 28. How, how many women are in the AEW locker room total? I have no idea. Roughly. Roughly? Uh, I would say... 20? So... Jade's 28-0, but she still has women she has not faced yet, and she's undefeated. Yes. 
So clearly they're cherry picking her opponents. Yes. So stop mentioning the record so much and just let her dominate. Don't be out there like, you know, there's no one who can beat me. You haven't beaten every. You know what I'm saying? And the, and the people that were picked for you were very fluff and, and, and you're bloated on dark. And look, not to take away, you know, from what she's accomplished, but her record is not very strong um, due to strength. So I, I would kind of lay off that. I mean, because there's plenty of people she has not beaten yet. But nonetheless, she's looking great. I don't want them to start down this, this, this Goldberg shit and this undefeated record shit and let it just lay off the record for a little bit and just let her go dominate. You know, the record can come back up from time to time during major feuds. Yeah, but but yeah. I don't want to hear from commentary anymore that the bunny was Jay's greatest opponent to date. No, that that's a, that's a complete bullshit fucking farce. I mean, <laughs> the bunny the money is not Jay Cargill's toughest challenge to date. I mean, Anna Jay was a tougher challenge than fucking the bunny. Um, yeah. You know, I I get what you're saying, Jesse, but you also got to look in into the way Tony Khan is booking it. I mean, he he's going all in, and they want her to be a megastar. You know, the title sometimes is not going to be enough. It, it, it's a, a mixture of all three things. You know, her having the title, her winning that tournament, and then winning the title, and then her having these two, three, four-minute matches where she looks dominating, and, and then the graphic at the end of the match. I mean, you, you pile this into one big fucking uh, plate, or you put this in the blender, and, and if you're Tony Khan and hitting that, uh, that mix button, you know, he, he looks at all this stuff, and he's genuinely trying to create you know, a, a, a brand new star in Jade Cargill where a lot of people claim that Tony Khan is not creating any new stars. I fail, I fail to see how anybody believes that stupidity uh, with each passing day. But he, he's, he's got the total package and he's presenting it as the total package and he wants everybody to know that he's got the total package. So I don't blame him yes. for doing it. But, you know, like you said, at the end of the day, when it's 30, 40, 50 and 0, you know, a lot of people are going to be asking who the fuck is next because... You know, clearly it's not going to be whoever the women's champion is in AEW. Right. That's not going to happen. And is it going to be somebody from the outside coming in? And how likely is that going to be for AEW? Probably very likely. And is it going to be beneficial to to Jade Cargill to lose to somebody that isn't, you know, already an in-house talent? You know, yeah. if you bring in an Athena or you bring in a Tegan Knox or a Tony Storm, yeah, it's great. It's going to get a big reaction. But it's not going to really make Jade look all that great because she's looking, she's losing to somebody who is vastly superior to her. Yeah, no, I don't want. I don't want to see. I don't want to see a new hire come in and beat Jade on a on a on a surprise appearance or open challenge. No, I, I would love to see one of the new stars come in and start a fresh feud with Jade and then beat Jade at a pay per view. Um, after a, after weeks and weeks of build, but I don't want to see just Athena show up and just you know pin Jade after thirty straight wins. Like no, no, no that's kind of ridiculous. No, no, I don't, I don't think that, uh, I don't think that is uh, a very beneficial way to look at it. But um, or, or to go about it, if you're Tony Khan, I, I totally agree with you. So we'll see what happens. Um, I'm not against any of those women beating Jade. I just don't need Jade to come in and lo- or these women to come in and beat Jade right away. It's not going to make. It's going to. Pretty much undo everything Tony Khan has done here. Um, yeah, I mean, we've gotten to the point now where at this point we need to protect that TBS title. Yeah, because because she she is she the title is making her and she's trying to make the title and it's kind of working. It's working both ways between that record 
and the way she's being presented. So yeah, keep stacking those wins in a dominant fashions and things like that. And that TBS championship will become very important just because of the way it was handled in book by Tony Khan and Jade. So um, when someone does beat her, just make sure they get that rub. Same way when Roman eventually drops his bracket to someone. Yeah, uh, I agree with you. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, Jade looked decent tonight, and uh, it was a very quick match, as it should be with the Bunny for the TBS Championship. Keith Lee, he was interviewed backstage about the other participants in the face of the Revolution ladder match. He said the only name he recognized out of Big Man Hobbs and Wardlow was Ricky Starks. Ricky Starks obviously heard this. He walked up to Keith Lee. He said that, uh, you know, it's it's funny that uh, you and I know each other. It's uh, two guys, different place, different time. Uh, but Keith Lee and Will Hobbs, Jesse, had quite the stare down here after Ricky Starks said his piece. And my goodness, man, when the time is right, give me some Big Man Hobbs and Keith Lee. The carnage that will be will be a beautiful thing. I can't wait for that one. AW Rampage lineup for Friday looking like this. TNT Championship, Sammy Guevara versus Andrade El Idolo. It's going to be a great match right there. Serena Deep's five-minute challenge. That is something I see one of the ex-WWE women coming in and beating Serena Deep because she is, you know, yes. obviously a veteran. I could see a Tony yes. Storm or or, or uh, Athena, Athena come in there and do that. That's the, that's the moment I wouldn't mind one of the new women come over and and kind of push Serena Deeb's buttons and then maybe start a feud there that that carries into the Owen Cup for the women. Yeah. I like that. Um, Orange Cassidy versus Anthony Bowens, face of the Revolution qualifier there. So uh, we may be seeing o, uh, OC get into the ladder match. And then Britt Baker versus Thunder Rosa contract signing. It's happening on Friday. We may have uh, a meltdown on Friday. Oh, my goodness. Thunder Rosa with a live microphone. Good thing Jesse's not in the building. Nope. Can't get to me. And Dynamite next week, Tag Team Casino Battle Royale for a spot in the Revolution Tag Team title match. Adam Page, John Silver, and Alex Reynolds versus Adam Cole and Red Dragon next week on Dynamite. That is all right now. That is announced. Main event was Brian Danielson and Daniel Garcia. Very good wrestling match. Don't know why anybody would care about it, but uh, the crowd oohed and odd when they were uh, prompted to for a big move. Other than that, it felt flat until the end where Moxley came out. Uh, so we got Danielson. He's out wrestling Garcia early on. He wants to bring the violence. He wants to bring out the violence and everybody that he's in the ring with. Garcia chopped out Danielson's leg, and they were jockeying for position on the apron, and Danielson suplexed Garcia to the floor before diving uh, with the knee like he usually does. Danielson continued to take it to Garcia's suplexes and some stomps. He had a Tiger suplex bridge that transitioned into a cattle mutilation. Garcia powered out, applied a very stiff-looking ankle lock, tried to keep up the attack on Danielson, but Brian counted a dragon screw into kicking Garcia's head in, and then he locked on the triangle for the win. Uh, Pretty quick. It went about 12, 13 minutes. Nothing overly special here. It was about... What happened after the match, Danielson asked the crowd if they thought Garcia was violent enough. 2.0 came out and attacked Danielson. Moxley came out, and he took care of both guys in 2.0 pretty easily. Garcia was about to smack Moxley in the back with a chair, and Brian took that away from him, but Garcia ended up beating a paradigm shift anyway from Moxley. 
Danielson grabbed the microphone and pretty much accepted John Moxley's match at Revolution. He brought up the comments about bleeding together. Brian agrees that a match against Moxley at Revolution uh, is the right way to go and tells him, I don't need a chair to make you bleed, and I'm not going to be surprised if both of us are the ones bleeding at the end of this thing, and that's the way Dynamite goes off the air. Um, He said, don't be surprised if you're the only one bleeding. Yeah, well, I mean, um, this match, I'm very very much looking forward to this match um, from the Full Gear pay-per-view where it was rumored uh, I kind of had a feeling that they were going to go in this direction. And this is a match that is, I don't know if it's going to have implications on any title or anything, Jesse. But the thing is, do they end up being a tag team or a pair after all of this and gain each other's respect? And do you see that happening going into the spring and summer months of AEW? I do because they teased it. Yeah. You know, and they brought it up. Or either that or they are just, I mean, and maybe they're just, gauging the fan reaction to them teaming up, but what else would it be other than positive? Of course we want to see it. And we're still getting the match with them too at the same time. Yeah. Win-win. So I mean uh, I mean look at look at this revolution card. We got Brian and Moxley. We got Cole and Page, MJF and CM Punk, Thunder Rosa and Britt Baker. We got the ladder match. We have the triple threat tag team match with the Bucks and possibly, uh, well, they're not there yet, but Red Dragon, Jurassic Express, and possibly the Bucks. And uh, what, what else? Uh, the, the TBS championship match that really isn't announced yet. Um, we got Jay possibly against Tay Conti. We got a Texas Tornado style match with the Hardy family office. Matt Hardy and uh, I believe Andrade and maybe one of the... Uh, Private party guys against Sammy Guevara, Sting, and Darby Allen at uh, at Revolution. I mean, this is shaping up to be uh, on paper at least AEW's best show from top to bottom, just with the talent involved, and certainly better than WrestleMania, whatever WWE's presenting in April. For sure, I mean, this is crazy. It's crazy. Tony Khan is building himself a dream show without even realizing he's building a dream show. Yeah, I'm. I sent. I sent you more breaking news. Are you seeing this? Save it for later or what? Jeff Hardy to AEW confirmed. I think we already knew that. I don't think that really is news. He says it in a video. Said it in the video to someone. Yeah. Jeff Hardy interacting with YouTuber Jared Myers and confirming that he is in fact AEW. Jeff says, "I'm going to AEW. I'm so excited." Yes, thank you. Thank you for telling everybody the biggest news story that everybody already knew already. Great. That's confirmed now. There you go. Anyway, uh, that is your Dynamite post-show coverage. I hope you guys enjoyed what we brought to the table. If you guys found any of the discussion intriguing or interesting, I would really appreciate you guys hitting that thumbs up. Thank you to all the Super Chats. We're going to go over them in a second. Make sure you guys check out my sponsor for today's show, Audible, audibletrial.com slash script 30 days free of this service and one free audio book of your choice and follow me and jesse on social media on twitter at jd from ny206 and then you see jesse's at right there shy town smart on twitter let's get into the super chats at the top you guys can still get them on in it's last call 
We got Joseph Taylor with a $5 Super Chat. Two things. One, Jesse, I will take a peanut butter whiskey. ASAP. And number two, Jesse, is that Thunder Rosa behind you? That's a wall and, a, and, and sound padding, bro. It's right there. Yes. Thunder Rosa will be behind you eventually. Christian again, man. Christian with another one? Oh, oh. my goodness. This guy is fucking crazy, man. That 400 on the night? Jesus Christ, dude. Dude, Christian, I gotta give I gotta give Christian the fucking uh the lease to the venue, man. The fucking uh the paperwork to the venue. This guy's owning the whole fucking OTS venue. Uh Hoyt, don't worry. Thunder oh no, Joseph, the uh, Thunder Rose is gonna be behind Jesse sooner rather than later. In a chokehold. That, that, that's a wall. And again, I'm not worried about Thunder Rose. Hoyt Reynaldo with a five-dollar super chat. I wonder how much of that promo was real with MJF and Undisputed Era tag team and world champions at Revolution. And does Britt retain? I do think Britt retains. I, I don't think we get a new champion at uh, at Revolution. I do think that we get the, the the whole story continuing on to double nothing, and then Thunder Rosa wins it in Vegas. I, I think that's the one match where it, it with the with the least amount of predictability. Yeah. On the whole card. Yeah, it's pretty unpredictable. I wouldn't give Thunder Rosa the championship so soon. I would. She's, I mean, she's definitely earned it. And and Britt Baker is running a little... She's not running stale. They're just not doing anything with her. And there's that's no the, one else on the card right now in a position to take the title from that's her. The only, that's the only reason why I say that they would take the title off Britt. Because she, she just feels very unimportant right now. Yeah. Tony Brown with a $5 Super Chat. Jade, super booty meat Cargill. Is she heel or tweener? Yes, definitely. Yes, what? Heel or tweener? <laughs> yep, for sure. So I, I think I, I, what you're saying is you agree with Tony Brown. Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, Matt Carney with two $5 Super Chats. UK. Has AEW left its spring stage fledging fledging company and fledgling company, I'm sorry, and entered its summer stage established media? Will CM Punk's arrival their summer solstice point? All right, Jesse, you want to answer that one? I wasn't even listening because I saw we got another bomb in the chat. Another bomb in the chat. Riley Johnson with a 99. Holy shit, guys. You guys are fucking guys, crazy. Guys, I just want to go play Destiny. <laughs> look, I'm going to look. I'm just I'm going to shoot now. I want to go play Witch Queen. I have, my, I have my controller already on, bro. Listen, look, my, my PlayStation 5 controller is already on, dude. I'm charging Man. my Astro headset. <laughs> Believe me, I want to as well. Um, I love you guys. I love you guys. Keep it rolling in, man. Um, has AEW left its spring stage and entered its summer uh, solstice? The honeymoon phase is over. For yes, sure. the honeymoon phase is over, bro. If AEW entered their autumn stage, lack of interest, then their winter stage, forgotten media, will they be able to reinvent and have a second spring? I don't know why you're so worried about AEW, uh, you know, being forgotten or slowing down. They're only the glass is, yeah. yeah. The glass is not half empty, guys. It's half full. Yes. It's getting great, better. It's a great way to put it. Philip Newton. What, and, I'm sorry, wait. What happened to the big fucking mega surprise music? 
this week. Uh, Tony Khan is not ready to unveil it. Okay, just wondering. Philip Newton with a 499 Super Chat. JD and Jesse just wanted to say hi, you guys. You're entertaining. I give the show five tacos. Thank you, bro. Is that Jesse's tacos or Thunder Rosa's tacos? Because if they're Thunder Rosa's tacos, great. If they're Jesse's, I think we should get one. They're good tacos. And I've never seen Thunder Rosa make a damn taco. He goes to restaurants and buys these shitty bland tacos when I got the homemade good tacos. But I digress. Let's move on so we can get back. Bro, to if you too. think that woman can't make a good taco, you're as dumb as I think you are, bro. Come on. Hey, man. She ain't been made any yet. She's out buying bland tacos, man. All right. Watch, she comes no. out with a home vlog and she's making tacos. Probably. You see, she had the Renegade Twins uh, uh, yesterday, man. Oh, she had them on her vlog? Yes. Good shit, man. Really, really good shit. Those girls are really fucking awesome. MGM Ballin with a 499 Super Chat. I think tonight was the best wrestling show of 2022 so far. I'm sure it's probably one of the dynamites we saw this year. I mean... WWE having a best show of the year, man. Yeah, good luck with that one. Michelle Moran with a $5 Super Chat. Revolution is going to rule. Can't wait for Moxley Bryant at the pay-per-view. As a team afterwards, turmoil within the Super Elite will cost Cole at the pay-per-view. We may see Omega, baby. Munchie time with a 999 Super Chat. This show was great. Hyped me up for Revolution, and I know it will deliver. MJ pouring his heart out tonight makes me want him to win more. Moxley, Brian, and Jericho Kingston should be absolute bangers. It was all great munchy time. I thought MJF did a phenomenal job, and him crying was just perfect. Awful Grimbones with a 999 Super Chat. It's Wednesday. You know what that means. I had to show love again. What up, JD and Jesse and OTS family? That MJF promo made me a bigger fan of him. Love Wednesdays and this show. I'm listening. Thanks, bro. Spirit of the Wolf with a fight all super jab. My girl Jay looking fire tonight. I'll have an IPA. I don't have many IPA on the menu, bro, but uh, I, I do have that uh, Young Bucks Super Kick IPA. It's a good one. James Smith with the Canadian fight all super jab. AW improves more and more every year in all aspects. They tell so many different unique stories. And I don't know how some people can hate on AEW. I don't know either, bro. I don't know. You know what it is? A lot of people, they do what they say I do. They say I hate on WWE for views and clicks. I don't. I hate WWE because the show genuinely sucks. The show sucks. I I don't want WWE to suck. The better they do, the better I do. But these people genuinely hate on AEW because there's a market for that, supposedly, apparently, and that's what they do. And that's how they get their clicks and their views. So they say I do it with WWE, but that could not be further from the truth. I just want good wrestling. People don't want to hear fucking takes on bad wrestling, apparently. It hurts too much. Drew Gilmore with a $5 super chat. Hey, guys, couldn't concentrate on my homework because Dynamite was that damn good. You guys rock, and so does AEW. P.S. Buddy Matthews is hashtag body goals. You know it, brother. I wish I could look like Buddy Matthews. Michael Raymond with a $2 Super Chat. MJF is the white meat babyface that Cody never was. Shut your mouth, Michael Raymond. He's a fucking heel. He will never be a white meat babyface. Come on, bro. This guy's still donated. 
99 cents. There's a 199 in there somewhere. Jedi, Jedi Joker with a 10 month. The Undertaker with a six month re up. Thank you guys very much. I don't know how much of it was real or if it was MJF acting very well in that promo, but I guarantee you it will be in the running for best promo of 2022. Every promo MJF cuts is one of the best promos of the year, bro. Come on. 6-0. I've just completed subsequent playthroughs of Demon Souls, Dark Souls, 1, 2, and 3, Bloodborne, and Sekiro to prepare for Elden Ring. Hype is real. Bro, you are a man amongst little boys, bro. Holy shit. I don't know how anybody could fucking play Demon Souls, Dark Souls 1, 2, and 3 without popping a fucking blood vessel, man. I treated that game, man. I couldn't take it. <laughs> couldn't be me, man. I had, I had fucking uh, a hard time just doing the legendary campaign solo on Witch Queen. That Sabathun boss fight, man. Jesus fucking Christ. Yeah. Yeah. When you get to that moment and no heavy purple bricks are blocking uh, or dropping for your Gallahorn, man, you're in, you're in some deep fucking shit. Let me tell you. Yeah. I have, I have noticed the loadout, man. The, the the loadout that gets you through most of the Witch Queen is the Gallahorn, the uh, the Glaze, and the Energy Spot, and pick your own fucking primary. Yeah. So. Yeah. What, what did I use? I used uh, a mixture of things. I used Outbreak Perfected. I used yeah. Gallahorn. I used um, the there was like a like a Vanguard uh, scout rifle, automatic scout rifle. The contingency plan, I think it was, it's an arc one to take care of the the hive knights. It's yeah. crazy, man. You mix it up, you'll be fine. Gallahorn is a must uh, is a must though if you're running the campaign. Yeah, yeah, easily. DX for life with an Australian mate, ten dollars super chat. People say AEW rely on surprises, clearly they don't watch and see the current storylines from the main event to the bottom of the card. I love how Ang- Hangman. Felt like a big deal tonight. Yes, he did. They know what they're doing, man. Got to give TK his credit. But people only see, uh, oh, surprise here, surprise there. There, uh, Tony Khan is, uh, he doesn't know what he's doing. Certainly does. Philip Newton with the 499 Super Chat. I hear that the Bullet Club might be invading AEW and bring back some former members since God, Gorillas of Destiny, were kicked out of the Bullet Club. I don't know what to expect with this uh, storyline, man, but I'm excited for it. It's going to be the summer angle for AEW. I'll tell you what I'm worried about, man. Like we talked about before, I don't think the fucking Bristols are coming. Now something happened there. I don't know what it is. I know what it is. You know what it is. I know what it is, but I'm not talking about it here. Exactly. Savvy Seed with a $10 super chat. JD, will you be at the Dynamite Rampage tapings when AEW returns to UBS Arena in May? I will not be there, bro. Jesus Christ, dude, this guy. I will not be there. Yes, I see it. Uh, Spirit spirit of the Wolf. Love watching y'all while I'm chilling out in the backyard, having a drink, choking it up. You guys always make my day. Cheers. Thank you, Spirit, man. I appreciate that. Kratos with a $2 Super Chat. Machine Gun Kelly is in WWE 2K22. What a joke. Did you see the soundtrack for 2K22? That's even a bigger joke. I didn't hear about it. Awful. Uh, Lord, this is James with an eight-month membership, and then he donates the 100 to start things off tonight. Hello, OTS fam. It's been a while. I've been missed here. Well, I've missed being here, but work is an evil mistress that we all have to deal with in order to make it day to day. I appreciate you being here, man. Hopefully, we gave you a little bit of uh, 
rest, and comfort while being at work. Thank you for the 100 as well, brother. It's a lot of money. We love having you here. Joseph Taylor with two $2 Super Chats. Isaiah, as the sixth guy in the ladder match, is that Isaiah Cassidy or Isaiah, Isaiah Swerve Scott? I would not put Isaiah Swerve Scott in the ladder match. No. He's in the loose. Yeah. I don't even think Keith Lee's winning the ladder match, but that's that's enough to, uh, nice. you know, get in there. And we don't, we don't need more people having that be one of their big first matches and then losing. No. Titan Punk 99 with a $5 Super Jet. MJF is totally trolling Punk. I'm loving all they're doing with this storyline. This is just one example of AEW doing long-term booking right, unlike WWE. The whole angle's been great. Anybody that says otherwise is a fucking idiot. AEW Mark 2018, member for five months. AEW Revolution is a UFC pay-per-view. WWE is Thriller Nickelodeon pay-per-view. Seeing Revolution at AMC Theaters. Love you, JD. We just need Sting for Revolution. You'll be getting Sting. He's going to be on the show. And I'm not going to theaters to watch the show, man. I'm going to sit in the comfort of my own home with a cold beverage for that first hour. Kevin Page with a 499 Super Chat. I heard one of Jesse's... I had one of Jesse's dry tacos. It was so lame and boring. Like a Monday Night Raw. Had to... Take a double to- double dose of blue chew just to feel normal again. Jesus Christ, Jesse, what the fuck you put in that talk? I don't know, but someone should tell this guy that that's not what blue chew is for. You'll find out in about four hours. <laughs> <laughs> Me Wilson with a 499 super chat. JD and Jesse, great review on Dynamite. I had I- I'd like to meet both of you in in Las Vegas for double or nothing. Keep up the good work. I don't know if Jesse's gonna be in Vegas, and I may not be in Vegas now because. I was informed that House of Glory is running a show on Fight TV that is going to be the absolute biggest House of Glory show in company history that weekend. And I'll tell tell Jesse the card after the show is over, but the card is... (laughs) Jesus fucking Christ, man. You're going to want to order the fucking pay-per-view for $29.99, I'll tell you that. I think I'm going to order the next pay-per-view that you're calling and do a live watch. They uh, they just announced Natalia Markova versus Taya Valkyrie for the Hog Women's Championship. Ooh. Natalia Markova versus Taya Valkyrie. I know who Taya Valkyrie is, okay. asshole. Who? Who is Natalia? Never heard of her. She was on Dark, Mr. Know-It-All. I don't. I know him. I don't remember him all. all right. my notes off. Uh, well, listen. Sure. If you saw her, you'd remember her, bro. Yeah. Okay. Oh, Jesus Christ, dude. Oh Jesus my goodness, Christ. bro. I'm never. We're never getting a destiny here, bro. Oh God. Man. King Mo Jackson for the one ninety nine super chat. I think Cody's a hypocrite if he goes back to WWE. I hope Jesse is right and Cody is playing us. He is. Joey Clemenza with a $10 Super Chat. Dynamite and OTS never misses. No doubt. Thank you, JD and Jesse. Another excellent show in the can. Oh, I made Quesabira tacos tonight. Jesse, you got to put these on your menu. Tweet them to Jesse. He'll be the fucking judge. He'll write you one taco to five. Five being the best. Absolutely. 
Angel with a $150 super chat from earlier in the stream. Revolution is going to be an awesome show. Unlike WWE, who are planning to have Logan Paul and Johnny Knoxville, AEW has real wrestlers on their pay-per-view. Yeah, man, I can't wait for Johnny Knoxville to fucking embarrass himself in an intercontinental championship match at, Re- at, uh, at WrestleMania. Let me say what I heard, man. What? I heard we're getting Knoxville, Logan Paul, and don't tell anyone. Stone Cold Steve Austin? Gronk. Rob Gronkowski? Gronk, bro. The Gronk. Why is he coming in? I don't know. It seems like some shit WWE would do. A triple threat match. Knoxville, Gronk, and fucking... <laughs> hey, listen, Paul. Sami Zayn's making that money, bro. He's got to be happy somewhere. Angel, thank you for the 115th Super Chat, bro. That is a lot of money, man. I appreciate you and love having you in the venue, man. Philip Newton with a 499 Super Chat. It's hard to believe this will be the first WrestleMania I'm purposely going to miss. I might catch Edge vs. Styles. WWE is nothing but cringe. You won't be missing much, bro. I can tell you right now, Roman's not losing that, that title match. Roman's going to show up on Monday Night Raw holding both titles. Paul Van Tassel with a five-dollar super chat. In your opinion, that is the most wildest brawl or fight and ejections in WWE. Uh, actually, no, I'm sorry. What is the most wildest brawl or fight or ejections in MLB? I have no idea, bro. I I don't remember brawls like that, man. I don't remember brawls in uh, in MLB. Indigo with a 20-month membership. Thank you, brother. You're four months away from that gold microphone. Hey, JD and Jesse, much respect. Revolution is our WrestleMania. The card is looking stacked. Dynamite was very good tonight. Shout out to Connecticut. They brought it. They absolutely did, man. Thank you for 20 months, bro. That's a long time. The Blaster Kid with a $2 Super Chat. WW2K22's My GM Like TV. No mid-card or tag team belts. What? My GM doesn't have mid-card or tag team belts? That can't be right. The fuck is the point, then? Create your own belts. Creator. I guess so. Typical. They're probably included in a DLC. Yeah. Jerry Ramey becomes a member for 10 months. Thank you so much, man. Just acknowledging my IWC Tribal Chief... Also, do you think we could see Simone Johnson replace Charlotte Flair as Vince's favorite star? Probably. It, I would say replace, but she, I mean, it'll be like the next in line. So when Charlotte's done, Simone will be ready to go. Stu Sexton with a 25-month membership. Stu Sexton's got a gold microphone. Gold microphone has been acquired, Finally. Keep up the good work here in the OTS venue. Can't wait for a revolution. The card is stacked. Stu, I appreciate you, brother. Always, man. That is a beautiful thing to see. Matt Carney with a $5 in UK. Will Tony Khan have to develop himself a healthy dark side in order to, in the future, deal with large egos, toxic characters, and misfiring employees? I think Tony Khan already has a dark side, bro. You just don't see it yet. Salvatore with a $2 super chat. AW Revolution is our WrestleMania better than WWE. Absolutely. 
Prodigy RKO with a $5 Super Chat. Could Jeff Hardy joining AEW by Revolution be a bigger signing than Punk? No. No. Absolutely not. <laughs> what? Any thoughts on his first feud or at least the reaction? The reaction is going to be incredible. His first feud will probably be alongside Matt Hardy. They're going to join and they're going to team immediately. Hardy family office and Matt being removed from that will be already in progress by the time Jeff comes in. Christian with 200 in Super Chat. He says, why does Chris Jericho and Eddie Kingston don't like each other? They um, had a falling out about um, in the circle business, um, how proud and powerful were being treated. And, 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 proud, and pow- proud and Powerful were upset that uh, Eddie Kingston was being made fun of by Jericho, and Jericho kind of looked at him like a loser. So they took offense to that because Eddie Kingston's their real-life friend. Yeah. It's actually very well uh, yeah. uh, organically put together. Yeah. And uh, LAX, or Proud and Powerful, blamed Jericho for not getting opportunities at the Tag Team Championships, holding them back. It, it, all, it all worked very well. Uh, Christian also says, would Buddy Murphy join House of Black? He just did tonight, bro. Guy is still super chatting. He joined the House of Black tonight, Buddy Matthews. He's no longer Buddy Murphy. Thanks to Christian, I've never played Destiny 2 again. The Blaster Kid with a $2 super chat. Don't listen to Jesse. Issa is too fine. Issa is gorgeous. She's still fired. Okay. Don't listen to this geek. The Omnist Roan with a $4.99 super chat. Thoughts on WW2K22? Looks like the same fucking game to me, man. You got all the geeks in the 2K community hyping it up like it's the best thing ever. Gotta play it first. I think it will low-key suck, he says. 2K has failed continuously to provide gamers what we want. I don't trust their advertising. I never trust their advertising. Their advertising is fucking horrendous. It's just as bad as Call of Duty. Play the game first, man. I think it will low-key suck as well. It looks the same. Minor changes. And you got... A less roster this year than the previous years. When you advertise NWO as your fucking DLC and three versions of The Undertaker, I know your game is already a fucking fail. Phil with a 999 Super Chat. I was there for Dynamite tonight. Man, was it fantastic. Buddy Matthews is all elite, and I couldn't be more proud. Glad Garcia and Danielson got a spotlight in the main event. Phil, thank you so much, brother. You want to know why Garcia got a main event spot against Danielson? Because Danielson wanted that spot. And why did he want it? Because Garcia can fucking wrestle. Yep. And Brian wants to wrestle. Christian with a 999 and a 199. Oh my goodness. I think Adam Cole would beat Adam Page at Revolution on March 6th. I'd like to think so, Christian. But either way, we said it in the in, in the podcast tonight. If Adam Cole wins, loses. Page wins, loses. I'm okay with any decision. Any decision. And then he says, WWE is so boring, no one should watch that ever. You're right, Christian. They should stop watching the show. Because they will get the picture when the rating goes from a 1.8 to a 1.4. Stop going to the shows, too. Hit them where it hurts. Hit them in their wallet. VC Stallion with a 4.99 Super Chat and a 1.99 Super Chat. Eddie Kingston is one of my favorites on the mic work alone. We need more of this promo work and great stories and less forklifted gymnastics. I agree, man. I'm not a big fan of the gymnastics either. I wish AEW would overall slow the pace of the show down, but otherwise it's the best wrestling show of the entire week. Wait, uh, all right, let's go on. I want to take this. Go ahead. What? 
how do we how do we go from one one company and complain about the lack of wrestling and then go to the other company and complain about the kind of wrestling? Can anybody just be happy? What the fuck you think you're talking to, bro? Really? Just, 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 just move on. Just Tell you, man. Let, let me let me get Lee Johnson in the DMs, bro. Don't let me. Okay. He's probably busy playing fucking witch queen. I'm sure he is. If he needs some help, hit me up. Please. You know, you know the kind of guy Lee Johnson is, bro. He's a hunter main, guaranteed. Probably hunter. Anybody that's a titan main, you lose points in my book, bro. Warlock is all right, but a titan main, come on. I don't think I have a main. I, I mean, my, the, the two that I do the, the the most are my hunter and my titan. I rarely do. Point Reynaldo with a four nine nine super chat. What else would you have added to the tag team match, and what else would you make or add to make it better? What tag team match? The Battle Royal? Battle Royal? We, uh, talk, we, 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 we talked about that tonight. If it's Battle Royal. Is the tag team match to make it better? I mean, adding Red Dragon and the Young Bucks, I don't know how much better it could be if you're adding those two teams, bro. The Cake with a $2 Super Chat. Imagine Swerve in the ladder match. Mamma mia. No. I'm not putting Swerve in the ladder match. Danny Boy with a 500 in Super Chat, but it, I don't know what, what currency this is. I don't know, but he said it's ten dollars. Ten dollars, buddy. Matthews is awesome. We seeing trios title soon. Penta Oscuro, too. By the way, my currency is Filipino pesos, and this is equivalent to ten dollars. More power, JD. Thank you, Danny boy. We got OTS fucking family members and VIPs in the fucking vil- in the Philippines, man. It's a great thing. Justin Stripling with a nine ninety nine super chat. Don't be surprised if Bully Ray admits his feelings being hurt again due to Eddie Kingston calling Jericho a sports entertainer. Love the segment between Jericho and Kingston, though. You're probably right, Justin. Bully Ray will fucking latch on to anything that will get him some criticism and some heat because his show sucks. Wouldn't be surprised if he's in the news tomorrow or on Friday. Rich Gamble with a $20 super chat. Jadeberg. Just had to get that off my chest. Sorry, JD and Jesse. Hope you guys are having a good night. Sipping on peanut butter whiskey, and no, I will not try none of Jesse's tacos to chase it down. Anyways, OTS for life. Good, uh, Rich, stay away from the tacos, man. They, they, they don't really sit well in, in the stomach. More tacos for me. Dude, the, this guy will not stop super chat. The cake. The cake with a $2 super chat. What about Jade beating Athena, Tony, and Nixon? No. Now, I'm not having her beat all three. One of them, maybe. Two, possibly, but all three, no. Christian 999, uh, not a 99.99 Super Chat. I'm sorry. I think Thunder Rosa would beat Britt Baker Revolution on March 6th. It's probably the way it's going to go, buddy. Probably the way it's going to end up. Riley Johnson with a 99.99 Super Chat. If Cody returns to WWE, who do you think he should face? Edge, Rollins, Styles, Roman. Couple of names. I would Dolph. use. Who? Dolph? Dolph. No. I would use I would use Cody in the edge role right now. Wrestle three or four times a year. Christian with a 199 super chat. Did you hear about Freddie Freeman? The fuck happened to Freddie Freeman? There's there's talk that he might not resign. Of course not. If the Brave foolishly let Freeman walk, where will he land? There's growing belief that Freeman will leave the Braves. Oh, my goodness. Well, there goes their chance of winning the World Series again. 
Um, uh, yes, thank you, Christian. Thank you for the bad news, bro. I love you, though. Thank you for the Super Chats. And Riley Johnson and Christian with the 200 in Super Chats. Thank you guys very much. Magician Sapphire with the $10 Super Chat. I said this on Solomonster's stream. I think Omega Returns a Revolution costs Cole the championship, setting up the Paragon versus the Elite feud. I could see that happening, man. I think Omega's kind of downplaying where he's at right now. He's a master of what he does. So I could see him coming back at Revolution for sure. Christian with a 99-cent super chat. No message. Coil Phoenix, seven months. Thank you for the recommitment, Coil Phoenix. What's up, guys? I wanted to come here and say how much I love you and the OTS family. And to Jesse, I absolutely love your AEW Dark reviews. Hashtag OTS for life. Much appreciated. Thank you, Coil Phoenix. And Jesse, appreciate you. As do I. Christian with a $20 super chat leaves me a... You are image, amazing emoji con. Point Reynolda with a four ninety nine super chat. Hey J- JD, your show is awesome. What's a good beach mixed drink or beer? And your show is five tacos with sour cream. The best, he says. <clears throat> um, Hoyt, I don't really drink beer at the at the beach. Um, I would say anything. Anything very flavorful, bro. Any, you, you gotta, you gotta highlight the blueberries, the lemons. I would uh, go with a nice tasting hard seltzer, not this Bud Light fucking Corona shit. Truly hard, uh, whatever the fuck they got. What is that? White Claw? Fuck that shit, man. You gotta go with a craft beer brewery that knows how to do fucking hard seltzers. Victory Brewing, Evil Twin Brewing knows how to do it. You gotta go find something that isn't mainstream. If you want good heart seltzers. Riley Johnson with another 100 bomb. When Roman beats Brock at Mania and unifies the titles, do you think he should bring back the world heavyweight title? No. Roman should unify the... I said this, Riley, on my SmackDown and Raw review. Roman should win the match, unify the titles, and retire the Universal title, only holding the WWE title. Because he's going to retire the greatest of all time that's ever held that title. Nobody's beating him. So what's the point? Justin Stripling with a 999 Super Chat. I'm predicting more turmoil between the Young Bucks and Red Dragon, especially since the Young Bucks let Adam Hangman Page beat down Red Dragon. I think the turmoil will help Jurassic Express retain the tag team titles. You're probably right, Justin. Yeah. I could absolutely see that being the case. One that I would not mind either. Christian with a 199 Super Chat. I don't like Johnny Knoxville or Logan Paul. Neither do we. MGM Bowling with a 499 Super Chat. Natalia Markova got some serious booty meat. Shout out to Tony Brown. Yeah, but Jesse doesn't know who she is. He will, though, when he looks her up. Christian with a 199 Super Chat. Who is going to beat Roman? Nobody. Christian, nobody's beating Roman. Brian Edwards, six months. Revolution is going to be fantastic. Thank you so much, brother. It is absolutely going to be one of the best shows of the year. Tommy Brannigan with a two-month super chat. Jesse's tacos are much better with sour cream. Oh, my goodness. Christian with a 199 super chat. No message. Christian with another 199 super chat. He may be going to the Yankees or Mets or Dodgers. And Freddie Freeman is a fucking fool. And James with a $10 super chat. Jerry, did you get my DM on Instagram and see the tweet I tagged you in? Jesse about the GoFundMe for the dude that lost all his stuff in a house fire just a few days ago. 
I did not. Didn't see that. I did not see that, bro. I gotta look. I gotta look at it, man. But that is it. That is uh, that's all the super chats, I think, for oh, now. The show is over. Oh man. That's it for now, I think, bro. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that, bro. I mean, we're we're about to get out of here, Jesse. Happy. Get in, the, get in the fucking car. I'm getting in the car, bro. Listen, the the gas is on. The, the ignition's on. Okay. It's running. I got the heat blasting. We're going to get out of here, man. I got some destiny to play, man. It's 107. I got maybe two and a half hours. Get out of here. <sighs> got to get my light level up. I got to do some exotic missions. I got to get some powerful gear. Thank you guys very much for all of your support. You absolutely fucking killed it with the Super Jets tonight, guys. I, I don't know. You guys leave me speechless every fucking stream. Take every off. Stream. I'm taking off, bro. Let me fucking dump you on the fucking side of the road, all right? Start the car! Jesus fucking Christ, this guy. I'll pick up Thunder Rose along the way. She'll beat the shit out of you in my car, man. I don't even mind if there's blood on the seats. Where's the PlayStation in this car? Oh, my goodness. Guys, listen. I'll be back tomorrow with some off the script, some podcasts. Coming your way Thursday and Friday. Friday, I'll be live. On Friday night with SmackDown, AEW Rampage. Follow me on Twitter, at JD from NY206. Follow Jesse on Twitter, or don't. Rate him one taco. Go watch him live on YouTube. Turn the heat on! Go watch him live on YouTube. Cover AEW Dark Retro Reviews. But mainly follow me on Twitter. It's the place to be. Keep up to date, at JD from NY206, Twitter and Instagram. Hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for notifications. Make sure you guys hit that thumbs up. We hit the minimum. So I'm happy. Continue to hit that thumbs up. AudibleTrial.com slash scripts for your 30 days free and one free audio book of your choice. You guys know the deal there. Jesse, uh, you want to... You... audio book on Destiny? Yeah, actually, they do. They actually do. You want to know the Destiny lore, bro? No, not now. I want to go fucking play. You want to you wanna know all about the Hive lore? And Savathun lore. Christian with another 199 Super Chat, bro. Save it for Friday, man. I'm jumping out of this fucking car. Christian, save it for Friday, bro. Jesse Jesse can't wait to get home and, and, and devour fucking mediocre tacos. Guys, I'm getting out of here. Make sure you guys do what I always request in the chat, man. I need those guitar emojis in the chat. My, my VIPs, those Mustang emojis in the chat. And when you hear that guitar solo come on, I need that music on max. I'll see you guys tomorrow for OTS and then Friday live in the venue for SmackDown and Rampage right here on Off the Script. I'll see you guys later. I'm having tacos in the back.